you know, people think of DC exactly how you said, like they think like, oh, well, you know, that's bigger issues and this, that, and the third. And it's like, no, it, it, this is our tribe. Like we need to take care of our own. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're left of the left, right of the right, like, Personal politics, gone. This trip is not about personal politics. It's right. about this industry. Something that I picked up when we were treading uh, with Kyle uh, was we were sitting in this room and he talked about like our passions and everyone else that was there was talking about their passion. Right. And you can start to see how your passion, like I obviously think that nutrition is the root of all of society. We're not fed well. We're all going to fall apart. That's, that, that's pretty well proven. And I think a lot of people picked up on that. Um, I said this a lot really often, like there's really, really big influencers like Ubermen that are talking about nutrition, Rogan's talks about nutrition. We all know it's important, but everyone else that's in town right now also thinks that, you know, like right. transportation, that feeds our entire in, uh, world. Like that's how mm -hmm. we get places, how we travel, how we move goods, right? So everyone has to talk about their own tribe and their own passion because it does there. But I, I, I felt the same way. Uh, I got kind of just frustrated with all, all things. I don't, I, I don't even really want to talk about it. I want to talk about things that are important to me. Right. And nutrition to me, like, is that core of everything. Like, we can solve so much. It's mental uh, health month. It's mental health. It's it's so many different things. And nutrition, we've all seen from cleaning up our nutrition and eating well and giving ourselves the right supplements, it's changed the way that we live. So, the, to me, like, I, I think we could change a lot just focusing on what we're good at. Right. right. And so, the, the reason we're here, we're here in Washington, D.C. This is episode 100 of Dan Fabricant, Natural Products Association, NPA. And um, it's about June 6th, 2023. We've never done this, but we're here for fly in day. And Dan was joking earlier that I am not into politics. And I, I, I said, that's not exactly true. I just be, kind of became blackpilled over the last X many years because I lost a lot of friends in 2016. Um, I, 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 people could imagine what I was supporting. And so I was, I was supporting Trump, the, the platform that he had, lost a lot of the friends that I had, like played volleyball with and surfed with in Southern California. You can imagine why and everything. Trump ended up not doing the things I wanted. And I wasn't invited to birthday parties and stuff like that. I've gotten over it and everything. But it's like, and so you met me at a time when I was done with national party politics. And I still am. I don't think it matters. Trump, DeSantis, you're not going to see me arguing about these guys or, or Biden, Gavin Newsom, any of that stuff. You're not going to see me arguing about any of that stuff. And so I, I went away and got kind of blackpilled about, over a lot of things, like the response in 2020 and 2021 and everything. But then um, I got pulled back into politics and in a way that's more healthy because it's what matters to us, our passions, our businesses, our industry, our tribes, like you said. Yeah. And so I do think it's important. Like in general, I think that there's kind of like a one direction trend of where like the national apparatus is heading. Sure. But at the same time, we should fight for the things that are very important to us. Yeah. Energy, transportation, all these things are very important, but for us, nutrition is the foundation. And, uh, and if we can do whatever it takes to at least slow down a downhill rolling sure. rock or at least like move things back into the direction that we believe is right. I think it is worth getting involved. So here we are. Flying day. So, no. And thank you guys for being here. And, and uh, it's a real honor to be episode 100. That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think to your point, both your points, it is really folks always drive the conversation with passion and they are passionate about it, but passion's not enough. Like we have to show up. Right. And that's really what this, this is about, that's what tomorrow is about, is really showing up. Um, because as you guys both pointed out, everybody's focused on their issues and their issues to them are as important as what we do is to us. Um, and unfortunately the industry, because it is doing so well, I mean, you think of an industry that 80% of the country uses every day, dietary supplements in general, you know, not really focusing on, on you know, sports or performance, uh, which is still a big part of the population, but 80% of the country uses a supplement a day. Um, 
that's a pretty good place to start from. But mm -hmm. it's not. It's not like I think a lot of folks think that and go, well, eighty percent of people use it today. Why do we need to? Why do we need to speak up for ourselves? They already know how good we are. It's like not so fast. I think what we're seeing, especially in the states, um, and what we saw last year with MPL, is there's still that narrative out there that we're not regulated and somehow that leads to harm, mm -hmm. right? And that's that's when they start trying to um, make the industry smaller, restrict the industry, mm -hmm. which I think isn't to anyone's advantage. Awesome. So uh, for this episode, I want to kind of get you to formally define NPA, what you're, sure. what you're doing here, what your goals are. You run a pretty lean team here. Yeah. So um, want to want to hear a bit about that, but then also get into like, what are we doing this weekend specifically sure. in 2023, but like have a broader look after that as well. And like sure. talk about um, longer term goals and everything. But I also want to talk about like the nitty gritty. Obviously yeah. I'm into NMNs, so I want right. to we'll get into that. Len, before we start that, I think it's yep. worth noting, uh, we podcasted once before about yep. MPL, so right. people want to check up on that. That was a really great episode. Uh, I, I, I Cut it to your points. I really say want to talk about broad NPA as well as sure. just to the specific topics. Uh, so I think a lot of people are going to coming back to watch this video later on. And so whatever happens this week, whatever happens this quarter with Dead MN, I still want to like kind of talk a lot about what you guys do, where sure. you come from, because I think that's very valuable information. I don't think a lot of people know about the NPA. No, and that's th that's fair. Um, we're almost ninety years old. The organization, um, it's the supplements, right? Uh, <laughs> but um, started nineteen thirty six, and really was came out of the health food retailers, the mom and pop health food retailers. When at the time, I mean, think about nineteen thirty six. You know, people were selling, you know, bread with extra grain in it. And it was like, oh my god, why would you do that, right? <laughs> you know, so it, it's it's, but it's still that spirit, right? It's that innovative spirit. It's that growth. Um, We've grown a lot. Uh, we've grown, shrunk, grown again. Um, we're about 700 members right now, so it's the largest trade association in the industry. Uh, we also have retail members uh, like GNC, Vitamin Shop. Great folks, great touchstone to um, the consumer. And the consumer is really such a key part of all of this, right? Like, it doesn't move without their input, their, their buy-in, their support. Um, and we're not a consumer group, we're an industry group, but we really pride ourselves on our grassroots um, and being able to touch the consumer. And that happens through, and you bring up what you guys did on MPL. That was huge. I mean, we saw spikes in the grassroots the day of the podcast and things like that. So it paid, it, it made a huge difference. Right. And that was a proposal that potentially could have made, you know, I mean, think about a mess that would have been made with, with MPL coming to place where FDA just goes, Hey, we don't like something. You're off the list. And that supplement's gone. Um, and then, you know, like we talked about if you change the flavor and, Oh, Hey, someone at FDA is going on vacation for six weeks. And now, you know, you can't get your product stocked because Hey, they lost it. Or, uh, as we saw, uh, commissioner Califf said on the infant formula scare, there were documents that were lost in the mail. Yeah, kind of a kind of a problem when you've got six infants that the commissioner, that's all he has to offer. So um, this organization has always liked to fight. I'll be frank. Um, and you guys know me. Um, I don't believe we've ever lost a case to the FDA when suing them in federal court. This organization has a long history of suing them. That's why the kind of the NAC thing last year kind of came full circle because it's been a while. Um, the industry used to do that a lot more frequently. I think given the state of government like you brought up, Mike, that's going to have to become more and more commonplace. Sadly, but yeah. someone's got to fight. So right. backing it up even more, nonprofit organization. Yes. So does anyone like own it or anything? Like you're the CEO. Yep. How, did, how does it, how does it work? I, I guess I need really quickly nonprofit one one because we're so into like our private businesses in this industry. We have members and we have a board. The board drives the policy and the board, um, I, you know, I'm on the board, but I'm ex officio. So I serve at the pleasure of the board and um, they really set the direction. So it's really the board 
uh, that was like, hey, you know what? Let's go after FDA on NAC. Um, let's let's pursue what we're pursuing on NMN. Uh, let's fight back on MPL. Um, and our board's all on, on our website, um, so you can see who those folks are. And, you know, they really are the the stewards of the industry. They're the folks like, uh, you know, Jim Emmy's a great example from Now Foods. I mean, Jim Jim takes on Amazon routinely, right, and pulls products. Like, uh, in this day and age, and, and it's funny because I think Now is one of the better sellers on Amazon too. So it's like... Um, but they, these are guys that, you know, and Jim was also a, a recon Marine, so appropriate that it's D-Day, um, I guess, bringing him up. Um, yeah, they're folks who really, you know, I think they've seen, you know, and they come from different walks of life, some very corporate, some completely from this industry. But I think they've seen that the government flares up both state and local um, and federal from time to time with that rhetoric on our industry that we're not regulated. We're somehow out to harm consumers. Um you know, and and I think that that really um, inspires them to move. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be a, a big challenge for anyone to to see a now foods bottle and think that there's like any intended harm there. Right. Like that, and so that's the level that we're dealing with yeah. here. And these, you know, these supplements are basically ever like you said, eighty yeah. percent of users. And you also mentioned states. Like yeah. this isn't just like we got to keep the FDA yeah. checked. This is fifty different states that could potentially close down a vitamin shop or make them put a certain bottle behind glass shelves and, and which will dramatically lower yeah. sales and everything. So everyone category killer, right? Like if you're, you know, okay, so it's supposed to restrict, restrict for people 18 and you're, you know, 18 and older. But if you're a college kid and you want to buy whey protein and you walk into a, you know, a vitamin shop and you're like, they're like, check your ID. They're like, I'm not doing that. You know, that's, I mean, and it only punishes brick and mortar and right. it's like, which is even worse. Um, so yeah, these are all misguided. They're not based on any science. The bill that just passed the Senate in New York, it talks about creatine being, you know, some sort of a hazard. I mean, creatine it has to be outside of probably salt and caffeine. I, I can't think of a food ingredient that there's more safety studies on, mm -hmm. literally. And yet it's like, oh, hey, no, you got to put that behind the counter. You go, what is that? When are they going to get over this fucking creatine thing? <laughs> I know, right? I, I, I mean, but, 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 but that's, it's crazy, Mike, right? It's like you go, I mean, and here's the fucked up thing is, you look at throughout NIH, they're using it for all these neurological disorders, yeah. right? They're even looking at it for Alzheimer's. And mm -hmm. you go, okay, like, what the fuck, right? You know, and it's always, well, you know, kids, these athletes take it. I, I don't understand the whole body dysmorphia argument. Mm -hmm. Like, to me, that's the, like, so supplements are giving you eating disorder, but we can't say that fucking Oreos and McDonald's are giving you obesity. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, right. where does that like, how does that work? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just it just seems like no matter how many research studies, there's literally well, there's I, I saw one study that had 300 citations inside of it for creatine. Right? Yeah. yeah. And no matter what, it you, it just seems like 30 years, it still is going to be called yeah. a steroid or something. Yeah. And it's just literally this molecule that's in meat that's yeah. your body. That, producing. It's it, right. It, it, and that's the thing is you just go it's yeah it's just it's bananas it's it's absolutely you know when you hear anybody in performance i remember when i was at unc uh one of my buddies was at lsu and tommy moffitt was an early creatine adopter he was a strength coach there mm -hmm. and he you know he was basically like there's like how how are you guys able to work out four times a week and he was just like creatine and it's like that's his job like these kids were better athletes because of it changed their life because mm -hmm. of it and uh i don't remember, recall seeing any you know dead bodies <laughs> coming in the office they were no. creatine but you're right i mean this 30 year like 
creatine is the you know, it's like uh, Bobby Boucher's mom. Creatine is the devil, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh, geez. I didn't well, I didn't want to turn this into Mike's conspiracy. No, podcast, no. But Ben's like, oh boy. But no, like, okay. There's a there's a kind of a clear anti meat, anti beef yeah. yeah. agenda, anti cow agenda. Right. I've ranted about that in the past. Creatine is, is a great way of um, if you were vegan, cool. But I would highly suggest you get a vegan creatine and everything. And it seems like it kind of just dovetails weight. Yeah, you can't eat enough cranberries. It's in cranberries. Is you'd have to eat a ton of cranberries. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to eat like literally like a bog of cranberries. Hey, you'd never get a UTI or whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I was just wondering, like, is this like, is this somehow connected or anything? Like, man, they really just don't want us getting your creatine in. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I think there's always like, you know, it's funny with performance. There's always like this anti-performance backlash too, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, that that's the one thing about this industry. And, and it's, it's so interesting what you guys do is... Performance leads the way for this industry, right? It may yeah. not necessarily be in the gym. It may be, you know, your ginkgo biloba for your memory. It may be, but it's like you take supplements because you go, you know, I would like to be a better version of me, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. you, you know, know I think of supplements a lot like um, car technology. Yeah. Uh, F1 racing is like where a lot of like the pinnacle of technology right. developed. And like those things are that somehow like watered down and made their way into the toilet breaks. Right. right. That efficiency is still like, you may not be a fan of F1 racing, right. but if you drive a Prius, you might you may have gotten something from that, right? right. That in sports nutrition, especially the performance as a whole, like there's always people on the forefront of that looking for that. Maybe a holistic person who that's the product you want, but like the people yeah. in front of that research, that's how it disseminates its way to you, right? But that's how I always look. Yeah, at it. no, I think that's fair. I think that's right. And but it's interesting that there's always this like anti-performance kind of backlash and, and creatine suffers it more than anything because it's mm -hmm. like you know to your point um it's studied for everything now everything and the safety studies it's like i don't know if you tried you could get to it like a level of creatine where it wouldn't self-regulate you know mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah so here here's a question there's there are some studies on i don't know if children but like 13 let's say yeah. 13 year old girls adolescence, or so for, yeah. yeah yeah adolescence of uh, cognitive benefits or whatever do we ever touch any of that at all as a dietary supplement community? Because I'm I'm okay to personally blog about it because I believe in yeah. blogging the truth. But obviously, dietary supplements for 18 and older. Yeah. But a lot of kids are getting handed whey protein shakes from their parents and stuff now too. So yeah, where do you? Yeah, I mean, I think there. I, look, I think at the end of the day, it's about self care, right? And what form does that take? I think overall, we've been kind of in that performance vein of self care. But I mean. You look at the UK during COVID where the government sent people, I think, 2,000 IUs a day of vitamin D, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And why? Because COVID status was the number two comorbidity, you know? Vitamin D, vitamin D status mm -hmm. was number two comorbidity with COVID. So, but we did the complete opposite here. And you go, at what point? So, wait a second. We can do all this research. I think there was, I saw a stat that since 2021, there were something over 900 different research studies on vitamin D and COVID. And we can't sit, we can't talk about it. And it's like, Aren't we the country with the First Amendment? Like, it makes no sense. Like, there should be a vein. You know, when you look at health claims, right? Structure function claims being one thing, but health claims. We only have 22 or 23 full health claims from FDA. You look at folic acid as the example. To get that neural tube defect claim mm -hmm. took 18 years. People have known for, since the early 1900s that you needed folate to get rid of neural tube defects. We've seen a rise in neural tube defects in like the Hispanic community because they don't fortify masa flour. And it's like, but that information still gets treated like, oh, you know, ver we got to be careful what we say. And it's like, 
the research is there. Like, mm -hmm. we should be able to talk about it. We really should. I'm not talking about, like, one in vitro study saying something cures cancer. But, right. I mean, but like you said, with creatine, it's like on people with some cognitive, serious cognitive diseases, it seems to do quite a bit for them. Right, or at so, least can't hurt. Yeah. So over last year, uh, you especially have learned a lot about how dietary supplements work, specifically coming to market and the regulatory around them. But I actually think that even the people who watch our podcast, and plus especially people that are going to be new to this podcast, don't have a like super granular understanding of what makes a dietary supplement, what makes a dietary ingredient, like how that comes to market, how they're regulated. Could we do like a super top level understanding for people who watch the sure. show first time? Just like, I, I know we probably go super granular and hit eyes, but just to give like base as we're getting into this, can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I kind of, we kind of look at it as like four pillars here, right? Like the regulatory, like what's the regulatory framework? You have your labeling issues, you know, so you've got to disclose, you have to have to your uh, supplement facts panel, statement of identity, uh, list out your ingredients. If it's a botanical Latin binomial, you know, how you identify the product and, and what you can say about it. If you make a structure function claim, which is a general, you know, more or less a general health and wellness claim, calcium builds strong bones. You have to have the disclaimer, this product hasn't been, you know, evaluated to cure, treat, mitigate. So that's kind of one pillar. Uh, then we have the quality pillar, if you will, which are the GMPs, you know, 21 CFR part 111. Now they were supposed to be designed after uh, food GMPs. Uh, having been at the agency a little after they were promulgated, they are largely designed after 210 and 211, which are the drug GMPs, but they're not, there are some ways they're different, but largely the same. You have to set specifications. You have to ensure specifications are met. You can't have anything that would contaminate the product. You have to have process controls to ensure that. And um, GMP uh, for any regulatory nerds, just great mounds of paper, right? If you don't write it down, it didn't happen. So uh, then you get to your pre-market safety pillar, if you will, which we'll say is the NDI process. Um, now you also have your grandfathered or old dietary ingredient list or pre-de-che list, which are things that we knew were on the market, uh, like from those health retailing catalogs. Mm -hmm. um, those things are grandfathered. Um, most of those are vitamins, minerals, things that have been on, around for a we'll long time. We'll talk about grandfathered, like yeah. in 1994. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if it's new to the diet, uh, you have to do... Um, Food toxicology, um, you know, usually 90-day acute, subacute studies to ensure that it's not going to lead to any system, organ system failures, uh, no sort of genotoxicity, um, and establish a safe dose or a, a no AL. People throw that term around, but no adverse effect level and set a safety, kind of a safety threshold from there. Um, while there are firewalls in the law between um, food additive petitions, which used to be all pre-market, and the NDI, the the toxicology is very similar that you're going to do for, you know, a, f a new food ingredient like they did for NutraSweet that you're going to do for, you know, a new NDI like NMN. Um, not, Wait, not, a new NDI means yeah, new yeah, dietary ingredient. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so, okay, and these pre-market approvals are also kind of uh, governed by Deshaya. Yes. Well, yeah. Which is a really big topic, which defines dietary supplements yeah. like what they are. Right? Yep. Yeah. And it's a notification process, right? Like you notify the agency. Now the agency will send you one of four letters in response. They will send you an AKL or a good day letter saying, we agree with your safety, go to market, no problem. They'll send you what's called an, um, it's weird. It's called an IAL, an inadequate letter. Um, and you go inadequate. So I guess I didn't meet the criteria. Actually, you met the statutory criteria. FDA just says they don't necessarily agree with your safety or 
sometimes your identity, but mostly safety. Uh, you can still go to market. At that point, it's up to FDA to demonstrate that the product presents an unreasonable risk of illness or injury if they wanted to pull it off the market. Uh, then the other two letters you really don't want, one is an NDL, which is a not a dietary ingredient letter, um, or you get uh, what's called an ICL, which is an incomplete, which means you didn't file um, appropriately. So those you'd still be adulterated and they could take action. And then lastly is the adverse event reporting system, which is huge. Um, same, exactly the same, uh, worked on that my first trip at NPA in 2006. It's identical to what's out there. People always go, well, you guys aren't regulated like pharmaceuticals. Uh, actually, that part is identical. <laughs> to over-the-counter and prescription, um, same MedWatch system, um, you know, best system in the world. You'll hear people make critiques about it, but MedWatch really is probably one of the better, I think, detection systems for post-market. Um, it's kind of how uh, the agency was able to eventually get around, and they had a, a lot against them on things like uh, Purdue Pharma and uh, Vioxx and so on. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it packs a punch. It takes a while. Now, for our industry, the metrics are different. For our industry, the AERs, um, you know, for Vioxx, I think it took like 60,000 AEs before FDA could take action. Yeah, yeah. And so um, with our industry, it can be a much lower threshold because, you know, really it's uh, the risk-benefit calculation is slightly different. So when people say that dietary supplements are regulated, it's actually they're regulated pre-market. Mm -hmm. They're regulated in how you can market that. Mm -hmm. They're regulated how you quality control for that. Mm -hmm. And they're also regulated for what was the fourth one? Well, you can say labeling. Yeah. Well, and it's not just it's not just FDA. We have FTC. Um, you guys saw FTC just sent love letters to 700 companies that weren't really love letters. Uh, they said they sent it specifically to companies, but said there was no active investigation. So it didn't make a whole lot of sense. We had members call us and say, hey, why am I on the list? We also had members call and say, hey, why am I not? Why, why didn't I make the list? Right. It's like, you know, um, as if that implied there was something on them or, you know, in FTC, we called them the day after. Actually, I wish Kevin could be here, our, our attorney. Uh, Kevin and I, um, he recently had a loss in the family. So, you know, we miss Kevin. But um, we called FTC two days after and we're like, what gives? And they go, well, what's the problem? And it's like, this is a guidance. And they're like, yeah, kind of. It's like, well, why did you send it to specific companies? You know, it's just like, it's just interfering with your business, right? Let's mm -hmm. say you were trying to raise money and now all of a sudden you're mentioned on some lists of FTC, even though within the letter it says, this doesn't mean you have a case or anything else. You're pretty sure you're going to get a call from those investors going, what the heck is going on, right? Right. Okay. So <laughs> one thing we haven't done, we haven't said yet is that we did have a, a podcast that's not yet up on the feed and it's probably going to be episode 102 with michael cool. goodman of hudson oh. cook and he's an ftc lawyer he's not a specific uh, expert in the dietary supplement industry but he gave some comments regarding what he thinks the ftc is doing and kind of like the the clock is starting in terms of for I, a lot of the companies on that list they may be able to go after yeah afterwards i think it's well said and i also think ftc was saber rattling because they just lost an important court decision mm -hmm. and so that was part of it too is now they have to demonstrate intent to defraud what they're doing yeah. yep. and so this was like them going well no we don't and it's like yeah you kind of do but yeah. we'll, we'll see what happened they've had some staff changes important staff changes there was a guy there who used to be my counterpart and i worked with a lot when i was at fda um, guy named Rich Cleland, he recently retired and he was like, a, I mean, the guy was at FTC for almost 25 years. I mean, the guy was, he led the way on so many precedent cases. So it'll be curious to see how they pick up the pieces there, you know? Okay. So, what did you want to say? Cause I'm curious what you want to move it to, but he mentioned that he worked for the FDA. And I think before we like get to the bulk, I'd like to just maybe just talk about your time at the FDA. Yeah. Right. I don't think anyone realizes you're a biochemist and right. You have a lot of things. So sure. let's get into your background, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, what, the really interesting thing is you call yourself a uh, 
where the FDA director would most enforcement and dietary supplement history. So yeah. Yeah. What kind of things did you enforce on? And also, yeah, your biodental, I think it's like your actual scientific knowledge of this as well. Well, we can, I can show you the plaques in the office from FDA. We had the first um, injunction for GMPs. So we shut down the first company for GMPs when I was there, which was big. Uh, never happened before. Um, they had some challenges, let's just say, in their manufacturing. You shut down a, a brand or a manufacturing Factory, facility? Manufacturing okay. facility, yeah. They, the doors were barred until they could improve and come show they could actually demonstrate uh, a product had the innate quality it should have. So that was a big thing. We had about, I think for two years, we led the entire agency, and I only had 26 people um, in legal actions, so seizures and junctions. I think uh, we had six and six for 2012 and 2013, which, you know, like I said, we only had 26 people, other parts of the agency, let's just say they had a whole lot more. Right. So um, it was proud of that, sent a lot of warning letters. Um, you know, I think people remember a lot, you know, the DMA thing and then the Agilene thing, the USP labs, which was big. Um, I really want to specifically, Jerry Comfort talk about it, talk about it, like, you really got the ban DMA. I didn't ban it. I, I didn't force on it. I enforced on it. Yeah. I didn't ban it. And it was an interesting thing because as soon as I walk in the agency in 2011, people were like DMA hadn't hit kind of peak. I think it was just towards the end of 2011 to in going into 2012. And it was like DMA was everywhere mm -hmm. and doing quite well. And at that point, it was like, um, yeah, we, we really had to do something. And, and it was interesting because it really was that NDI provision. There wasn't an NDI file that enabled us to kind of move ahead. Um, so we sent out a rash of NDI letters. Uh, most of the companies said, you know, we're going to get out of this business. Uh, a few fought us, USP Labs and a few others. Um, and, and that kind of drug on. Um, there were some seizures then after that to move it ahead. And that kind of really got the product out of commerce. And then literally right on the heels of that, I remember my daughter was born in um, in. 2012 um and she was little it was the summer of 2013 and the government was shutting down um and we were just you, you know yeah and we were just it, it was it was august and we had a few cases in hawaii of liver failure um on on a, a weight loss product which was you know usp labs products containing angeline and uh, so but I got told on the 30th that I was non-essential. So I was like, great, I'm going home. I get to spend some time with my daughter. She's young. Um, so I literally lay down with my daughter on the first and get a call from my boss at the time saying I got to come in because there were three more adverse events in, in Hawaii. That was uh, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah was... On, the, on the liver failure. So um, We were on different sides of the DMA thing. Yeah. I want to get into that yeah. and talk about like what defines a dietary ingredient. We'll use geranium slash DMAA sure. as an example. Yeah. The Ageline thing, that was horrific. And I didn't realize how bad it was until we got to see some of the internal emails like that that was dude yeah it was horrible yeah it the was comparison between dma and, and nmn i think is a really important one that they could be a really cool discussion yes yeah. we're talking about ndis here we're, ta we're sure. talking about one where uh i'm expecting some negative comments when we talk about dma because there's sure. a lot of people who really like it right <laughs> there are a lot of people upset right. with me i mean at let's the see. same time usp lives never filed a new dietary right. ingredient exactly. notification right and, like that's where right no and they thought we that, come back together and, right uh, they fought like hey we don't have to file and it's like if you file like you could you're almost like look if you if if they would have filed i'm not going to sit here because i'm not a judge i'm not going to sit here and say the consequences might have been different but what, what would be the government's argument it's like well they they were out of compliance they came into compliance what would be you know what would be the argument i, I guess 
I, 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 there's I so much to talk about. Yeah, there is. There is. You see, we're talking about like whether or not there's an NDI for it, but there was also a core conversation surrounding the presence of it in geranium. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so, are, are you telling me that like even though it was you know, what uh, you need an entire field of geranium, it would have been okay? Or hypothetically speaking, uh, like you're not a judge, we all understand. Yeah. Even though that that with that's it, DMA could have been legal if there wasn't an NDI. Possibly, or somebody could have done a grass, a real grass panel, and put it into DMA water for six months and then sold it. I mean, that could have been another option, That's right? The, right. Yeah, yeah, you know, but nobody... Okay, so I guess what we should do at this point, and I, I'm not sure of our whole agenda here, but we should just define what is a dietary supplement. We've talked about Deshaies in 1994 and everything. We got some bullet point lists, and then, you know, constituent, yeah. botanical, all that stuff. Yeah. I guess could be where where would DMA fit? I think is the question that yeah, we always get, right? And we yeah. use that as an example, but it could also dovetail into yeah. into NMN and how things are different in that case, right. and everything. Or we can make up a rhodiola roberto or something like that. Like, it doesn't <laughs> it's matter. It's just the prolific. Uh, like like eighteen year old kid in the gym know about DMA. If we talk about NMN, it's it's a great discussion. I'm very very uh, passionate about it, but. It seems like GMA, like that's a great example to use for this discussion because people remember being banned. Right, right. right. 18-year-olds don't. Well, and technically it wasn't banned. Technically the only ingredient they've ever banned outright by regulation is ephedra. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's ephedra. You can still get that. Just go to CVS and... Was that... Well, was that was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just HCL instead. It is a drug, right? Wait, what's so funny? What, did I walk well, into something? I thought you would buy a pharmaceutical drug. For, no, I said you can still get it. Well, it's, sure. But yes, not a dietary. I'm yes, with not them. a dietary, dietary supplement. supplement Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I have a cold a lot. You know, I'm always in the summer for some reason, right? Yeah. And then we walk through <laughs> it. It's funny, though. If we walk through kind of the categories of what is a definite, you know, it's definitional. That's what Deshea did is give you a definition of dietary supplements. Mm -hmm. So vitamin, mineral, we know what those are. So those we can take off the table. The vitamin we'll go back to because on NMN, that could play a role, right? I is so. yeah. niacin equivalent. Right. Right? And, and yes. you put it together a really nice piece on that. And I think it kind of lays it bare that... Yeah, and there's a lot of biochemists who are like, yeah, it's a better form of niacin. Mm -hmm. um, and this is what niacin is supposed to do is, is go into the NAD cycle, and that's what it does. Um, so, but let, we'll park that for a second. So then you get into botanical, right, mm -hmm. which is what, that was the initial thing on DMA. And I think where the challenge was, was, challenge was, was, um, sorry for doubling up there. They were like, no, it's in there. It was in rose geranium oil. It wasn't in rose geranium oil. If you go back to the old grass notices, they did a good HG, really gas chromatography and kind of quantified what was there. It was never seen there. So that was kind of strike one. And then if it was in the plant, I think some of the some of the science that was used was a little, you know, some people say they found it. Some people say they didn't. It was it was there were some questions. Um but then you go, okay, that may not be the only path forward as a botanical or constituent of. You have um, you have FF1E, which is a constituent of the diet. People are very confused on that part of the, you know, you've got the six categories. Right, yeah. a, a substance used to, like, supplement, supplement the, the diet. diet. Right, 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 right. People are very confused. Now, the FDA's interpretation, I can tell you, and if you go to the NDI guidance, it's basically they think those are food additive petition substances and grass substances, right? So you go, okay. If somebody actually submits a grass for that, puts it in the diet, the FDA says for six months, I don't know where they get that from. It's not in the statute, but puts it in. It's not. Um, but that's always been their stance. Um, you could then put something like that on the market. Um, it's grass you're talking about, by the way. Just generally recognized safe. Sorry. Yeah. 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 We talked about geranium. So grass. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. sweet one of the ears. Yeah. Grass. So, yeah, it's I mean, that's so. Yeah. Now that's the agency will always think that that. FF1E is a limited universe. I guess 
I, when I was at the agency, I didn't see it that way. I don't think it's like it, it, you know, I don't think it necessarily expands exponentially, but I do think it's expansive. It's gotta be. I mean, um, there's, there's really, our diet's going to grow over time, right? It's not going to shrink. Hopefully, you know, we get to know more about, and it's kind of a ridiculous concept when you think about it. It's like, okay, in 58, when you've got the first grass and food added petition, you know, laws in place, the notion that something you ate it, you ingested it, you were exposed to it, but it wasn't the article of the diet is a little silly. Um, you know, people ate, for example, hemp uh, back in 1958, ingested CBD, but now CBD is precluded. You kind of go, well, wait a second, you know, how does that, how did they were exposed to it? There wasn't per se a public health concern and safety. So what, what, what is the real concern there? Like, what are we actually using the law for? Are we using it just to protect pharma IP? Or are we actually concerned of chemicals that people are exposed to in food and keeping them safe? I would like to think it's the second. People ever explored like, you know, uh, very often in science, they always told us like, you know, the uh, Kurtz of the Ray Force, you know, to be all tense there, where that we know more about space than we can see. Uh, there's obviously things that we don't know that, that exist out there. People kind of ever talked about the possibility of like, what if an asteroid is? And there's, there's something <laughs> right. from that, right? right. Like, where, where are the limitations of this? Well, my background is, is actually um, plant, uh, drug discovery from plants, pharmacognosy. And um, there are, I believe, 300,000 flowering plants, higher plants on the planet. And the notion that we've broken them all apart and discovered every constituent there, you know, and also now with AI engines and with, you know, nanoscale biology, I'm pretty sure you can probably go back in and look at some of those discoveries and find a whole new biological function okay. too. Yeah. So let, let's use that as an example. Let's say I find, I find a new type of geranium mm -hmm. that has this DMAA molecule sure. in it. Can I all of a sudden, can I just immediately, and, and maybe people were, or maybe they weren't eating this geranium plant long, long ago. Like, yeah. can you just start putting that into a capsule and selling it? Question A. Question B is, can I start extracting stuff and just put it into a capsule? Like, are there different things that happening or can I then just synthetically make this DMAA ingredient like where where's the line where right? are these lines at yeah. I think the first line is is it the article of diet right that's the agency's fallback and, and there's a lot of good case law on that that hey if is it the article what did you eat you know did you eat that botanical for the DMAA if the answer is no then it probably needs an NDI Okay. Or a grass, because then you're, you're, that's the article you're, you know, you're taking something that might've been there in minuscule quantities. Now you're having a greater exposure level, mm -hmm. you know, just scientific argument. It's like, okay, if I expose someone to something that was in nanogram, picogram quantities, and now I'm giving a milligram gram quantities, mm -hmm. I need to have some sort of rendering on the safety there. I mean, I think that's just, you know, people may disagree, but I think that, you know, Understood. Chemistry yeah. is chemistry, biology is biology. So, so that's kind of trigger one. The synthetic piece is, is an argument that, and I guess I'm somewhat, I don't want to say guilty on that, but, you know, I used to joke, people, well, well, what about synthetic botanicals? And I said, well, have you been to the synthetic botanical arboretum, right? And I think the point being is that nature makes things, you know, amino acids. We have L and D, you know, mm -hmm. amino acids. And so as long, if the chirality is the same, if its orientation in space is the same, handedness, as people say, right, your left and your right hand aren't you know, they're not the same, right? Mm -hmm. um, so as long as that is identical, what would be the agency's public health stance, right? Like if a molecule is, because we have synthetic vitamins, right? we have synthetic amino acids. I mean, pretty much all our amino acids are synthetic. It's not like people are extracting them from plants or meat. That would be a hell of an expensive process. Um, we also use um, synthetic biology now to make those, right? We transfect uh, aspergillus and, you know, 
do all sorts of things, get all sorts of food ingredients. So, yeah, there's some good arguments to be made on both sides of that. I think the whole thing, public health wise, is what's what's really the what's the argument? Where's the where's the potential for risk? And as long as you can satisfy those, I think you have a good case to make. Okay, so. I want to back it up just a second. So I have this new, or we've, we've discovered a flower that they've been eating in South America right, or something. Right, right. Can we just package that and put it in a supplement and sell it legally right now? What does it do in the body? Now, I mean, I think those are the questions the agency would ask is okay. what, it, what does it do? Like, is it, is it a, uh, intoxicating plant, right? We don't intoxicate foods. Don't intoxicate us, okay. um, you know, by FDA law. Um, so that would be question kind of one is what's the, what's the function, right? How do you define it? <laughs> Uh, impairment. It's, it's, it's actually defined in, uh, so 101.93, which is the disease claim reg. So I know we're going, we're going deep I'm on the sorry. nurse stuff here. No, there, but there's a lot of dietary supplements that we take that we really enjoy. Like, oh, right. right. I'm like, how, what's, what's the, where's the line between euphoria and it's Yeah, I'm thinking nootropic effects and that doesn't, that's not. Nootropic that would be more performance enhancing, right? right? Yeah. That would be, that would be a different effect, right? I mean, you, I, you can feel, I think euphoric if like, you know, you, it, it makes you perform better, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a different, I'd say that's more a psychological euphoria than a pharmacological euphoria, sure. right? It's yeah. not like you're depressing a system or, or elevating, you know, a system, but- Because you, yeah. you brought up uh, hemp. Sure. It was it was consumed and, yeah. uh, and I believe you, I am very well documented in that, like, uh, you know, when it comes to a fungus and a cannabis, <laughs> like I, they've been around longer than we have. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's my philosophy on it. But like, those are incredibly beneficial plants in certain, right. for certain reasons, but definitely intoxicate. Yeah, and I think this is where, you know, it's so interesting because the one thing I get to hear all the time and it ties into the unregulated argument is these laws don't work. When you think about the way Deshaies was written in 94 and the six categories and how it really defined our diet across six categories, pretty good. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's pretty good. <laughs> right, I agree. Because looking, yeah. looking back at it, it covers a lot of stuff and it doesn't seem to miss too much. As, no. I, I don't... I myself wouldn't have been able to do better. Yeah, you know, like, right. We as an industry supported that. Yeah, right? like oh yeah, yeah, like GNC supported. Oh yeah, we, we like like uh, when people complain on at least to me about this, like I'm like we pretty much voted for this. Like we right. worked on this as an industry. passed Congress unanimously. Yeah, like I mean, you wouldn't get that now unanimously. Yeah, yeah. you know, a, a big understanding like learning from Mike on this was like the difference between like the FDA writing a rule and Deshaies. it. Like yeah. I, I, I actually. Think Deshaies has written um, ironically well for a law. Yeah, I don't like regulations in general. I think everyone probably knows that. But like, it, it came out in a way that I think is fair. Yeah, I think we can all adhere to it. Yeah, well. I, and I agree. If you know our elected congressmen and women wrote and passed this law, the president signed it. Like to me, that is as ironclad as we get. That's this nation. If you don't like it, you got to move. You know, right. It gives us a safety net, is right. the thing for me. And so right. getting back to my my plant, so once we start extracting constituents out of these botanicals, mm. the, the FDA, or not the FDA, Congress did write in this whole area called New Dietary Ingredient yep. NDI. And that's where DMAA was, there was no NDI on it. And yeah. that's kind of where I didn't fully understand it when I was writing these pieces back in like 2017 or so, sure. going through NMN this time around. Now I'm like, okay, now I understand this more. And- yeah, if we were just eating raw geranium flowers or whatever, right. maybe like maybe that's cool, but that's not exactly what was happening. This right. was a new dietary ingredient that didn't have no one filed a new right. dietary ingredient right. notification on. So I think the the flip side of it though, the problem is right now, like uh, I could walk you into that brick and mortar store right now, show you like a couple dozen products that yeah. have ingredients that never had NDI. Right, right. Uh, you know, 
I'm not going to call it out anyway because I would probably get so There are ingredients that are popular. We talk about that there was ever an NDI signed for, but exist. Yeah. There are, there are safe ones and unsafe ones. Like ones that are very well like cemented in the industry, uh, never had an NDI, but we all like it's, we know it's tested by the manufacturers. We know that it's, it's quality. And there's the other side of it that I talk to you constantly about. It's like, there's like all the safe stimulus that again, yeah. there was never an NDI for, and, and everyone just kind of looks the other way for it. Like, so it's kind of, it's it's disheartening when NMN gets the bullshit for this because there are people having heart failure over stimulants that never had an NDI. Yeah, and yeah, we're just trying to make ourselves tell. Or yeah, NMN did have an NDI that was acknowledged. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of where where we'll go. And that is, and so yeah, for me, if I were to talk to a congressman this weekend, I would be like, here's why you should be mad. You should be mad because you have this authority and f and fda is trying to take away your th- authority and I, I don't know if i want to say this to someone in person but like a lot of this is a power game out here is oh it not? sure 100 percent. well and it's also i mean the agency you've seen you know and kind of taking a step back they recently had a reagan udall review which is a a third party foundation that looks at all things fda and they reviewed the food foods program which dietary supplements were in ironically they chose to leave dietary supplements out of the review because i think they wouldn't have liked what they found but the message was the same that FDA is just defiant towards Congress sometimes. Like, and if you follow the infant formula issue, it was literally like, yeah, we'll get back to you. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, for the people who got elected by saying we're protecting the children, um, not really an acceptable answer to say, <laughs> we'll get back to you. Right. <laughs> like, um, yeah, there's, um, it's definitely power game. Um, but it's also, it's clear that FDA doesn't like the industry on some level. I certainly saw some of that when I was at the agency. And I'm not necessarily saying the people in the division. Certainly a lot of the attorneys didn't like it because they like, look, that they think that the drug laws, the drug approval process is clean and everything should have to go through that level of scrutiny because it's a lot more power for them, right? And they get user fees and they, so on and so forth. So it's like, it's, it's an additive effect, whereas here we are as self-care where we're going to you know we're gonna go hey uh i can read i can read on the web that i may need more zinc i mean and i'm gonna just go do it versus go i'm dependent on the agency i, I the agency really like covid because they like to hear people going oh thank god for the fda doing the emergency use authorizations and getting you know saving our lives right like fda really liked that mm-hmm. and whereas on our side of the fence they're like they can't really take credit for their good works, so mm-hmm. to speak. And I, you know, to play devil's advocate, sometimes we make things hard ourselves. When the supplement industry does something dumb, it it makes us, it does make us look bad. So I can sure. see why FDA sometimes gets upset at whatever some twenty year old is doing out here and getting a, a lot of views. Yeah, yeah, like, right. Uh, the last time we had action that was like actually trying to clean up the space was like when they started uh, sending more letters for DMHA in twenty nineteen. Like since then. We had that one where they were like yelling off hit or orange and they had to like identify the bioactants in it, which is like you probably shouldn't call out hoardening in something that if, if you can't standardize it. But like I 100% agree. There are a lot of black guys in our industry. There are people selling stars. There are people going to prison. There are people doing all sorts of things. And I, you know, I'm not a fan of regulation to say it again. But like, <laughs> We there there needs to be some guardrails. Well, but but I think there are. I mean, you bring up SARMs. I mean, back to the point. I think you know, and not to, but it just kind of hit me. Like someone in 1994, they know what a SARM was, but the law by statute 
doesn't fit in the category, right? Like yeah. it really doesn't fit in the category. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess you could theoretically do a grass on a SARM and then put it in SARM water and sell, but I don't, I don't see that happen. I, I don't see it standing up to the grass scrutiny because it's a different, it's a drug. yeah, it's a drug, right? I mean, we have, we do have hormones in the diet, right? Like vitamin D is, is a hormone actually. Yeah. Um, so, but there were drugs. Yeah. Well, they, right. Right. Some of these and they, they, yeah. they, Modulate androgen receptor. Right. Like it's, it's a drug. well, they're not part of the diet, right? Like they're really, I mean, that's really where Deshay comes down to is these things were never, yeah, that's what's so funny about the NMN argument is NMN has been part of diet. Now, we didn't identify it as part right, of diet, yeah. but it's but it's always been it's part of the diet. It's been right. with us forever. It's yeah. always been in part of the diet, right? So that's where you're like, hey, this statutorily, it makes a lot of sense. It really does. I, I mean, how many years of, of adverse reactions like need to happen to these different things for them to start looking in that direction? Is well, that, I guess, my question? Uh, yeah. Well, and hopefully it doesn't take that, right? Like, that's really, like, that shouldn't be the agency's purpose is to wait, is to be that reactive, right? They yes. are, you know, we're always told the agency's in a reactive posture. Yeah, well, that's kind of, they volunteered for that. They're not being victims. Like, they could be, look, it's not hard to find. And we've sent them stuff, you know, we send them stuff very frequently on, hey, we've seen this out there, you may want to go go do something. Um, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but it's like, it shouldn't be us sending it to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, this should be, yeah. you know, they should be actively, how much staff time would that take to actively have somebody, you know, just type in SARMs once a week to a search engine and see what comes well, out. Well, this could be automated too. Right, I mean, right. <laughs> right, web crawlers, AI. Yeah. Right, right, right. I also want to services, I could stream it out for that. Like there I you go. I'm you a link to a TikTok uh, right. a store owner yeah. with an entire shelf, like three yeah. walls wide of just like LGD and Austin. And we sent it to him. Oh, well, I know. <laughs> we sent it to him. Yeah. But, but point being, yeah. like, uh, you, you wouldn't list, uh, like a drug dealer on a quarter wouldn't list that on TikTok. I'm selling heroin in the quarter in First Street, whatever. No. Right? Like, no. I, I, no, you're right. I mean, that, that's where the frustration is, though, is they, especially right now, they have it backwards, right? Um, they taught us, they sent, you know, there was this great guy at Harvard um, Kennedy School, government government affairs school, a guy named Malcolm Sparrow. Neat guy, if you ever get to read it. And and he he was brilliant guy. Got an Oxford PhD in math. And then the next day he said it was my parents' happiest day of their life. And then the second day was the saddest because he told them he was going to Scotland Yard to become a cop. They're like, wait, you just got an Oxford PhD. But long story short, he kind of like he he boiled any regulator down to kind of a bell curve. And he goes, look, this is oversimplistic, but it's a bell curve, right? And you have your good guys on one side of the curve, your bad guys on one side of the curve, speeding tickets, banks, whatever it is. Really, that bell curve is going to move more towards compliance the only way they move is if the regulator hits the bad side, right? Then it starts to, then everyone starts to move over. FDA seems to be on this side, right? Like you're going after like NMN, like you're going after, like instead of going, hey, there's some problems over here. We're not saying how many, but like go, like move yeah. the curve. Okay, so if I put you back in the FDA right now, I got a magic wand, I put you back in with control, quadruple your budget. <laughs> is that enough like what do you do like give me your give me your top list of how we protect public health which yeah. is the charter yeah and maybe go after those bad guys sure. that are not protecting public health I, yeah I, so i think i think you 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 know budget aside i think you go after those things like you sent to me i think you go after those you know there are when somebody sees fda spending a lot of time on something like nmn <laughs> okay, that's gonna leave a gap somewhere else. And it has, it left a gap in 
you know, in SARMs and things like that to where they're out there, where you can find them. I look at the, the if you will, the gas station Viagra as an example, right? That's been out there for 10 years. You're telling me FDA doesn't know where to find those? Right. Like, I mean, at some point. Right. And there was a news story in uh, one of the local health rags here where the guy went to the gas station literally across the street from FDA headquarters at White <laughs> Oak and found them there. And it's like, yeah. you're right. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the guy at the gas station selling it. He's the street level sure, dealer. Like, sure, but, but, what, gonna... but what they can do, they can't go to Amico, BP, Exxon. The ga there's a gas merchants association. Once okay. it comes full circle in D.C., <laughs> association for everything. And FDA can't write them a letter and say, hey, we've noticed that you're particularly heavy on these products. We'd love to know who the distributors are who are part of your organization. You start working way back yeah, up. And, and, then, and just, okay. it's, it's, look, it's, it's a regulator. The regulator, the problem with regulators, I think especially FDA, is because you have some really smart people, people with PhDs, MDs, they don't want to be cops. Guess what? For our commodity, they're cops. It's police work, right? Mm. At the end of the day, it's good old-fashioned police work. Yeah, we've said for a while, I have to attribute this to your idea, that they start the manufacturers. Right, like yeah. that's really where it's at. It's where the importation happens, where the adulteration happens, where the lying of the labels happens. Like those guys are gonna make the decision that this is going in the bottle and it's not going on the label, or this is going the bottle and we're just gonna sell it like this, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. That that's where the decision happens. Um, most brand owners are ignorant to the fact that this is illegal, to be honest, most of the time in my opinion. So uh, it makes sense. Yeah, and I think, you know, you talk about the manufacturers, and that's that's another thing is FDA can go and say, hey, who are the manufacturers you guys are buying from? And run the list if they're even registered as food facilities or not, right? I bet they'd find some that aren't. I mean, and so all these all these things, all these creations like MPL was just, I mean, I don't know how that's workable because either, either you list everything or FDA is the gatekeeper, right? And if you list everything, well, then the gas station Viagra is going to be on the list too, right? Mm -hmm. And people are going to go, hey, it's on the list. I'm FDA, you know, I'm FDA, whatever. Um, I made the list. So, yeah, there, there's it, it really is old-fashioned police work. And like you said, see the manufacturers. Like, how do they, to your point, you know, they, they make all these guesses of how many products are out there. What if they visited the top 100 contract manufacturers out there and they can take the labels there? And then they'd know exactly how many products that covers. Wouldn't that be a helpful data point? Mm -hmm. So if, so you want to do good old-fashioned police work and everything. Would, would recruiting talent be a difficult thing nowadays? Like, do you think enough I mean, dudes I, I think would want to side with the federal government on some of these things? I yes. Dudes, like people who are like, want to kind of go and, go and do that. I think it comes back to this. You know, it, I had a, you know, when I went to the agency, a lot of people were, I mean, beyond pissed at me, if I may be so bold. Uh, you know, I left the, right, right, right. I came from here, NPA. I was yeah. right, yeah. First, so. And then you came back. Yeah, and then I came back. The old, the old revolving door, oh, they, they killed me in the press about that here in D.C., but um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, yeah, you've seen it, you've seen, you've seen it all, you've seen it all. Um, you do your homework, uh, we know that. So, look, um, I, I think, and I'm not different by any means, but, I was a dietary supplement user, right? And I, people ask me, do you use dietary supplements? Yeah. I, I mean, when I took the job, they're like, you do? And it's like, yeah, I, I do. I, I'm a college athlete. I, yeah, of course. I, it's like, I want to know, like, I want someone in that chair that goes, yeah, there's a value to the commodity, mm -hmm. right? Because 80% of Americans think so. Why wouldn't somebody sit in that chair think so, right? So that's what's just, I, I think it starts from that place, right? It's like, hey, this is something that 
people want to stay healthy, well, they want, you know, to perform better, recover faster, whatever it is, like that should be the mindset, right? Like that's the, that's the public, it's a public trust, right? That's the public trust they're keeping. As you know, 80% of the country is going to take these products. Well, somebody out there ought to think of, about the commodity in that regard and go, yeah, these folks, just like someone who eats an egg, right? Like they go, well, we don't want people to, you know, we don't want a kid to eat a, an egg with salmonella or baby, you know, infant formula. We don't want someone to eat infant formula uh, with Sakazaki bacteria in it. So same here. And I think it starts with that mentality. I, I certainly see your point that I think people more and more are, have uh, lost faith in institutions. And I think it's for things like NMN, right? And NAC. I'm just thinking like, yeah, military recruiting's down, yeah. like certain things like that. So it almost seems like it'd be tough, but, but if you, one thing I've seen is if you drive like a vision and you kind of advertise, I don't know if the government could like advertise yeah, their right. vision, but if you say, hey, we got to do this and this, and it'll be better because of these reasons, it's it's good. You see, when we talk about here's our passions, our price plot, it's, we are it's easier to hire people sure. on who know like what we're all about and everything. It's, yeah, so I was just kind of curious about that. I have to return. Why did you go and work for the federal government after being here? Like, did they ask you? Did you ask them? Did you apply for a job? Was it? On, I applied. I it applied. was on Indeed.com or something. Like, how did this work? <laughs> no, it wasn't on Indeed. Um, I had a friend in, you know, having been at the trade association and having been in D.C. for a fair amount of time there, I knew a lot of people. The agency was constantly working with the agency. Mm -hmm. And, you know, certainly my first trip here, we, we did our fair share of quibbling and fighting with the agency. Um, but the guy who was the director then was leaving. And a friend of mine was like, you know, you really ought to apply because here we had, you know, NPA had the first GMP program in the industry. And really, that was a big part of it was like I was pretty excited about the GMPs at the time. And it was an opportunity to kind of, you know, part of it was, I think, like you guys, sometimes I just want to see what can be done. Like, I just kind of want like I was really curious. I was like, you know, I think we can do like the GMP inspections and things and, and ramping them up. It, it was like, I think we can do that. Um, and I think that was a good like. I just saw it as whether I was going to do it here at NPA or do it with the federal government. It, I'm not going to say it was the exact same part of the job because one, you have the force of law on this, your side. The other is just industry. But um, that kind of really led me to it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great experience. It wouldn't, wouldn't change for the world. Don't get me wrong. I'm incredibly happy to be here at NPA and, and be back on this side of things. Um, but, yeah, that, that's what kind of led me there, Mike, is um, – it was, uh, and it was also so, there was, it always bothered me, I think, you know, looking back, the whole unregulated thing always bothered me, whether before I went to the agency, when I was at the agency, uh -huh. and now, I mean, at the agency, it used to drive me nuts because you'd get a reporter from the APY or New York Times or whatever. I mean, New York Times skewered me. I mean, they wrote an op-ed about me on the front page, which the only other person I think they did about was Trump, so you can't sue him if it's an op-ed. Um, and it's just like he led, you know, he was a friend of industry and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, we sent more people to jail and, and you know, and shut down more businesses than anybody during any other time. And it was just like, okay, you know, you're, you, that argument, there are people out there that really like, that argument sells papers, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I need to know you as, as changed the way that I look at those kinds of stories, because I want a something user. I want an industry person. I want, I want you at the head of the FDA. That makes sense. It's not going back. I understand. <laughs> I understand. But, but you kind of understand my point though, is like, I, like it, <laughs> if someone offered it to me, I take it because like right. you said, yeah. I want to do things. Like I understand exactly how you mean from a different angle. I hated dietary supplements for all the, the industry yeah. for all these reasons. I never wanted to work in the industry, but when Mark Glazier offered me a position, I thought I could do things there that would help change things. Sure. And just like you leaving the yeah. FDA, 
I came to price plow and realized from third party, I could do even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I want to do that work. Yeah. Right? I would want a creatine user in there who actually loves creatine and wants the cleanest creatine right. possible and wants to know that every product is good. Yeah. If we have someone in the FDA who hates creatine, then we're right. just going to be fighting yeah. the same thing for another 30 years. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it does make sense. I, we get a lot of, yeah, we get a lot of negative comments, but I, um, <laughs> speak, well, we get a lot of negative comments here. We get later comments when I speak about regulations in a positive way, but they don't realize that these rules set in place, uh, like that's the rule set that allows everyone to be safe to yeah. use these products and know that what's on the label is in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, like, I, I mean, if it was all wild west, we could take anything we wanted. That would be an interesting prospect as well. But within this framework, like, we could have these safe things. And that's why I want people that use the product before we started this podcast we were talking about jujitsu yeah we were talking we talked about yeah. this is the, that, that's the people i want to be around mm-hmm. i don't want to do an odd guess with some overweight guy that just you know throws things out there about nutrition because he thinks it but right. like, you live the lifestyle and that's commendable to be that kind of person i mean a little fluffy right now i gotta be honest i gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta cut a little late but you know um no but I, and i think that's important i think it really is just from a, a public health perspective right the agency's always first to go public health public health public health 80% of countries, a lot of, that's a lot of public health, right? Yeah. You know, and from multivitamins to whey to, it's like, yeah, why, you know, that should be a given. It really should be. But I, I, I don't think that they're at that place right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's still some hard feelings about whether it was about Deshay, whether it's about, you know, you know, we were talking before about, I think so. I, I don't think all of it is the medical community, but I think a lot of it is, is they're always afraid of losing power or they get what, 16 hours of nutritional education by before they get their MD. It's not a lot. 16 is not a lot. Right. Um, I, I, you know, there are stores where they get more than that. Um, so, um, I went to college for dietetics and I didn't feel, uh, like qualified. Yeah. That. Right, right. Right. Like yeah. I, I'd worry way more time working in the industry. Like, right. That's where I learned all my stuff. Well, it wasn't there. And also just things like seeing a facility, right? Like that was the, like, when I first came to, to NPA, then NNFA, it was like when I'd get to go see the manufacturers and go see the facilities and really get to dive in, like, you know, you talk about eating your learning curve, but that's where you, you know, that's where you really get to see, okay, what's, you know, what's going on that's good, what's going on, where, where's, yeah. you know, where are the holes? Um, and that's really, you know, the agency, that's the other thing. The most important thing the agency does is inspect and test, right? Like inspecting a facility you get labels, you get every, you get everything you want to know when you go see a facility. Um, and that, I, I think there's gotta be more of a focus on that. Cause even that at a minimum, right? Why wouldn't you want someone in that chair who at least wants to go see as many facilities as you can, right? Like that, that should be table stakes, right? Like, don't they want to do that for people who are harvesting spinach and you know, it's like, yeah. right. So I, uh, We've done a lot of like really general stuff. Yeah. Ironically, we keep stepping back, but I do want to step forward into one topic, which is uh, at a event. Yeah. Now, uh, if anyone sat through your entire uh, thesis, I guess <laughs> so. Uh, it's pretty great. tired of hearing this, but the people who sat through that probably are very interested in this. But uh, not to take that episode for granted, I kind of want to get into the Edmund talk, talk about what happened, the timeline, and maybe like where we're at right now. And sure. there's a deadline that we need to get to. Mm hmm. And, yeah, I, I agree. And I would like to quickly know, in terms of our agenda this week, um, how high is NMN compared to some of the other things? It, it's one of the it's one of the leave behinds. Okay. So we've got we've got about seven or eight leave behinds. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, it, it's a very big one because I think, you know, I mean, we spent a lot of time together on NAC, and literally we dismissed the case on NAC, and two days later, <laughs> here's the nonsense on NMN, and we're like. 
you gotta be kidding me, right? Like we, I don't know that we would have dismissed the case per se. I don't know that we could have transferred NMN over and as a complaint, like we probably had, would have had to file a new complaint and everything else. But, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's different. So do you want to start kind of where we are? Or you, bridge sure. Up here, the David Sinclair, basically, uh, kind yeah. of thing, maybe a little bit, just NMN as a whole. Can we do an abridged NMN? I mean, there's so I'm many, sorry. there's so many left. I, I'll give you like my one sentence. Yeah. They're trying to ban a B vitamin. <laughs> like I, I think that's is, I think that's as well said as you can say it. it it's yeah. a it's a B vitamin, right? And it's one that has been in the diet. Um, definitely some goofy stuff. Uh, whether it's the clinicaltrials.gov replacing uh, NMN dietary supplement with MIB six two six, which it, are they on? That sounds like a movie. Um, but like you know, replacing that in clinicaltrials.gov. The complete, they ignored the grass. The self-grass clearly predates whatever they have up their sleeve on the on the IND to preclude it from the market. Uh, and they've just completely ignored that. So but the question I get all the time, and I, and I know we've gone about this, is, hey, so can I sell it as a food and not as a supplement? And it's like, that may be a reality. And you go, how is that FDA's job? Like, what what a waste of time and, and, and you know, resource and everything else if that's really what this is about. I mean, I think... I would add to what you said. I is, can do a better pitch. No, no, but, but I think they're trying to ban a B vitamin to protect pharma IP. That would be my only add. There we go. So, yeah. Because there was a drug application, investigational new drug application, IND, um, for NMN. We don't know the exact date on it, but it was... Um, but it was already generally recognized as safe in 2018. We have that documented. And um, it was Sorry. also, before they poo-pooed it, it was actually acknowledged as a new dietary ingredient. And the yeah. only way to unacknowledge, I'll just say, like only way to to to, to stop a new, new dietary ingredient is to have adulteration right. concerns. Alter, adulteration or misbranded, which it's neither. Which right? we don't have. Yeah, right. There's no safety because there's nothing. No, okay. nothing. So. Let's put it in order. This super vitamin is found to uh, have an acknowledgement from the FDA that it is dietary supplement. In what year? Uh, the acknowledgement is a dietary supplement was 2020, 2021. Okay. Um, in, in May of 2021. The grass status was in? The grass status was 2018. Like 2018. Right. Yeah. Uh, notified as generally regarded as safe. And now wait, that, that's not a notification though. That was... Is that was self own? well self-grass companies do that under scientific procedure they hire experts and they say hey there's this ingredient in a man and there's tox work and everything else and these experts get together and go yeah cool. but it, it was accepted it was uh, well and ironically but at that point it could enter the market as a food yeah. substance or i'm not sure the exact right, word okay. right so I, then it starts right. getting marketed as a dietary supplement widely it was marketed before that widely, right. right? I mean, so so like that was the point at which somebody should have said, hey, you don't have an ND. Like FDA should have back in, I think 2013 is some of the first records of maybe 2014. <laughs> that was when FDA should have said, hey, there's no there's no okay. NDI for this. Um, okay. You know. So then at some point, we don't know when, there was a drug application yes. made, and the FDA is not allowing us to know when that was. That's correct. Because that would really help out this timeline right now. <laughs> I wonder why they won't tell us. <laughs> Right. And they, they keep clinging to the part of law that says they don't have to tell us. It's like, no, you don't actually, I'm pretty sure the law reads, you don't have to tell somebody who's competing as another IND. Right. But for this, that's, I, I don't know that that necessarily jives, but again, that's another, okay. a, another legal argument potential down the road. Um, so then when is the final, like... The, hammer that comes down? The hammer came down basically when, so they get the AKL, um, 
the acknowledgement letter. And then six months later, they get the letter saying, oops, <laughs> oops. New information has <laughs> right. come to light. I'm right. pretty sure right. is the phrase. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly the <laughs> phrase. Uh, and then there's some calls and things like that at the end of the year last year. And then it just became like it literally was um, – What's it? Uh, deja vu all over again. It was we were reliving NAC, right? It was like the agency is like, nope, not gonna. We're not gonna listen. We're not gonna. We're just gonna, you know, full speed ahead. This can't be a dietary ingredient. And it was like, didn't matter what we gave him, gave him the grass, gave him all the. I mean, the Sinclair stuff is robust because he's on Joe Rogan in 2017, 2018, talking about NMN supplements mm-hmm. that he gives to his dad that he mm-hmm. uses, and it's like, and now. We're going a complete 180. Um, and so David Sinclair is important because he co-founded the company that is yeah. actually behind the new drug application. Yes. When I was doing all this research, though, and I love the biochemistry, I love like, oh, this is actually a really beneficial ingredient, in my opinion. Um, when I it all came down to the, like the simple fact that there was an acknowledge, acknowledgement letter and then FDA sent the new information has come to light letter. And there is no legal basis. Right. Per what Congress has approved or what the FDA yeah. has in their own guidelines, yeah. there's no there's no legal basis to to undo it. You, there's right. no take backs. Right. And so that's where I was. That's where I, like, OK, all this biochemistry is interesting. David Sinclair's stuff is interesting. Them changing the study from the word supplement to the name of the drug. And that's all in document right. and everything. That's interesting, too. But like, if you just want to look at it like a lawyer and a judge. Black letter law. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the law doesn't allow them to, to take no. it back. And no, so they, they I gave- love this story. Yeah. Yeah. great but it all came back to just this one thing they can't take it back right a letter of the law um the horse is out of the barn right? right now they could make the argument and it might be a good one that oh it would only <laughs> apply to that one company okay right i mean that that could be because ndis are specific to it's not a general notice right it's specific so now that would be interesting right it's like well so we we, we want to set up a monopoly for mm-hmm. one supplement company and one drug company they sponsor like, monopoly. Right, right, right 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 um so let me ask you like a daily advocate question here yeah. has this ever happened before no nothing like this before um the only thing similar i guess relatable and you covered it in yours is vinpositine right, right? vinpositine you know, and, and Senator Hatch, God rest his soul, he was all over them on that. I mean, he was great. We went to him on that, and he goes, Ooh, they're trying to do what? It's like they gave the AKL letter, not once, but five, five times. times yeah. yeah. And then FDA is like, well, we don't think we can do that anymore. And FDA's response after he completely pushed him back in the box was like, yeah, you're right. We really can't do it. And here they are now. This is much more of a uh, – they're a lot more aggressive, um, you know, I guess partially because we don't have Senator Hatch anymore, though some members of Congress, and you'll see them tomorrow, have certainly pushed back. Um, I was telling Mike, uh, Jeff Duncan, uh, his response, his his staff called over to FDA, and we've heard that FDA said, well, we've got our attorneys looking at our response right now. So in some ways, that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. Right. That was our last update is we actually got a letter from Congress, and now we're, we're basically yeah. the clock is ticking. We're waiting kind yeah. of. Yeah, it's kind of like a countdown to a fight. Our citizens' petition effectively becomes ripe after 180 days, which will be, I believe, September 6th. And so at that point, you know, we that would be the first bite at the apple we would have for ripeness in the judge's eyes. Mm-hmm. If they, you know, whether they did, now they might deny it before then, they might say, FDA on citizens' petitions generally sends you a letter at day 179 going, we have your petition, it's still under consideration. So what can we do in the meantime? Like, okay. Funny story. Ted Cruz is on my air on my airplane nice. to uh, to DC here and everything. Like, does it help to get more people involved? Does it, it 
I'm sure it helps, but like, are we just, no matter what, we're, we're still kind of waiting, right? We're waiting. And, and, you know, the NMN companies are going to have to, you know, they're going to have to step up in some ways on this, right? I mean, they're going to have to really start. And, and a lot of them are here this week, which is great, which mm -hmm. is a good sign uh, for that. Um, they're going to have to, you know, it's funny for an industry where you have so much, the consumer community, I think, is so united. The industry is so, you know, so fragmented, right? And so this is another example of it's like there are some folks, they were from the ingredient side. And they're like, well, we don't really belong to trade associations. Well, you better. And then there were some brands that were, you know, similarly. And then, you know, you've got folks in the middle, um, you know, kind of selfishly, one of the realities is, you know, we have about 700 members. I've heard reports that there are over 10,000 brands for the industry. 700 is not even 10%, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you go, wait a second. Um, that's a concern. Folks need to participate. So it's really at what level they're going to participate. You guys have been great. The cards and letters, they matter, right? Congress knows if someone's willing to send an email, that's someone who's probably going to go vote, right? So they get enough of those. They start going, okay, I got 20, 250,000 people in the district. I got 20,000 emails on this. That's almost 10%. Right. Okay. I better like, I better start getting a plan mm -hmm. on this. Right. Um, and that's, that's important. So from a street level, like just making noise and dropping more links, dropping yeah. like for us, like more videos yeah. or whatever could, could help. Um, okay. So let's say I'm Ted Cruz. I got a border crisis going on. I sure. have all this stuff. I almost got beaten by Beto or Beto yeah. or whatever the last time. Like I have a lot going on. Why should I care about your dietary ingredient? Dude, it's NMN, like it's a vitamin. You just go take niacin. Right. And, and this is a big part of what we're about tomorrow is you guys represent jobs. You guys represent taxpayers. You know, not just whether the congressperson likes the industry or not. Here's the other thing. How you think Ted Cruz has ever been to a dietary supplement facility? Now we've tried to get him to one, but he ha I'm pretty sure he hasn't. So this is the opportunity for him to go, hey, um, and it's an opportunity for everybody who's here to go come to our facility. And there's a lot, there's a lot in Texas yeah, too. Yeah, right. And so that's important, right? Like they need to know our industry. They need to know what we do. Um, chances are, and I'm pretty sure he takes a multivitamin every day, you know. So I think it's one of those where you're right, there's a lot of there's certainly not a lot of oxygen in the room right now with everything going on in the world. At the same time, um, that's exactly why we have to be here, right? Because if you don't show, nobody knows, right? Like they're right. just they're just completely like, oh yeah, you guys you guys are fine. You guys are not, your business isn't going to change. Like I'm pretty sure also if they're not on the committee of jurisdiction, they probably don't have a lot of idea of what FDA is up to, right? Like people on the committees, I think are starting to get a little ticked off with FDA and some of the nonsense, whether it's the CBD, I mean, that's, they've run that clock for five years, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they, 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 they ran the clock on NAC to some degree. Now they're seeing the same thing on NMN and it's just like, okay, our industry may not be their favorite, but like rules are rules, right? Like Congress, like you said, it's a power grab. If someone in Congress go, Hey, we set out these rules for you and you're not going to follow them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think one issue is, and then getting other brands involved, like I'm going to toss a brand out there that I know is successful probably is not part of MPA, Alpha Lion, for instance. Okay. I don't think they care about Amazon because Amazon will do whatever FDA asks, it seems like. Um, but they, like they did their direct to consumer, they make a lot of money. What are the benefits of them joining NPA when they're, this industry makes a lot of money. We do pretty yeah. well. And it seems like, it seems like the industry can do pretty well even without much representation in DC until maybe until it can't right and that's the whole thing i mean that's the one thing i always tell people is look we're not going to compete with pharma on pack dollars or contribution dollars we're not and we do have the grassroots which they don't have 
but then you know the game really you know it's like uh, it's like football you have offense special teams and defense right you've got you've got grassroots you have you really your your contributions your ability to contribute um, and not that those buy votes but it buys time for sure like you get face time and then you have really the the top roots the the interaction like you and an interaction with Ted Cruz. How many people get to say that every day, right? Like, that's important. He's mm-hmm. seen you once. He sees you again. He's going to go, okay, this guy keeps showing up at my doorstep. I got to take note of this guy, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. he doesn't know how many voters you can get a hold of. He doesn't know. Like, those are the sorts of things where they, you know, you've got to be you've got to be involved because otherwise it's like everybody, you know, it's funny. I think every industry you get folks who tell you they know this person, they know that person. I know this congressman. I know this congressman. It's, you know, the folks who actually come and put boots on the ground, it's a different story. The folks who get someone to their facility is an even smaller minority, right? Like, so that's where for our industry to remain viable with, I think the limits on, I, I, you know, I think with people's personal politics, they're not going to, you know, we're not going to all of a sudden show up and have a million dollars in our political action campaign to give to different candidates. Um, They're really going to have to get involved. And that's the the benefit is if they don't get involved, um, look at New York state, Look at California. Look at, you know, look at MPL from last year. I mean, we got lucky as heck on MPL in you had um, they had the majority in the Senate. They had the majority in the House and we were still able to defeat it. Um, that, you know, it, that was big. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of that was grassroots. A lot of that was just, you know, we were very strategic. We, we also worked across the aisle. We worked with people who would normally, you know, in such a partisan year, uh, Senator Durbin is, is you know, very strong Democrat. A lot of people have to listen to him because he's in leadership. We were able to break a few, few people off that were critical, right? Um, that's important. And you don't get those relationships by not showing up, yeah. right? Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> My concern is simply that our industry is so specifically worried about perception and clout. They want to do what looks cool. They want to drive yeah. Ferrari. They want to post pictures in the Instagram. They don't want to go to DC. They don't want to do the ugly stuff. And like honestly, I think you take something really bad out, mate. Yeah, and I, and you're right. And, and I wish that wasn't the case. Um, they call DC Hollywood for ugly people, so it's funny you brought that up. <laughs> um, but <laughs> no, but the problem is that uh, it anime goes down. Yeah. I have a couple of good friends up here because they actually know what nutrition is about. Yeah. It's not the end of that's called. It's the precedence it sets for other ingredients. Oh, yeah. Right. And nothing to take a lot of dollars out of a lot of pockets. Right. Uh, it, it's a NMN we can't lose. I will say this. And, I, you know, this isn't a chicken little sky is falling thing, but it, it's it, the meteors are coming down if you right. lose NMN because you could basically now and this is not to encourage any of your listeners to do this, but with some of the AI engines, okay, you can have AI write an IND. You can have AI look at every chemical that's ever been extracted from a botanical or every every combination of, um, you know, peptides from proteins. And why not, why not just submit some bolus IND that covers everything that's been in the diet and go, hey, we're going to do an, we're going to do a drug study on this. And so it can't be a supplement ever. Right. I mean, you could really just lock everything. Like, t- hey, let's be part of an industry that has absolutely no possibility to innovate in the future. Doesn't that sound like a good future to have? Okay. I think Ben and I were thinking that the bigger concern is that they can remove an NDI that's already been acknowledged. Sure. But sure. you're like going sure. further. You're more into the in- investigational new drug action, how everything can just be like 
firewalled off. Yeah, right. I mean, so right. I'm like concerned with all. Of it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I didn't think about all yeah. those things. Yeah. Oh, I real concern is that like we lose uh, Edmet. It sets a bad precedent. And we start losing things that ate us a lot on sure. that, that that secure key revenue that keeps brands afloat. Yeah. Right. We like, you know, I, I don't know, something serious, something that like, you know, whatever. We start losing things that brands and consumers really love. And we're stuck here saying, I told you so. That doesn't save anything. No, it doesn't. That's why we want to be out in front of it now. And that's why I think you're right. I think folks are real happy to just go, hey, look at my brand. Look at how, you know, look not you you've got to look at every industry across the board right you can't just and people always get pissed at me when i say this if our enemies compare us to tobacco and petroleum well then we better fight like them or <laughs> because if you're going to be treated like them and not fight like them what's going to happen and obviously we have a total different corporate structure total different mindset total different goals total different passion but at the end of the day those are the the tactic the tactical behavior has to mirror that you know and so a big part of their tactical behavior is being here in dc because otherwise if they weren't i mean they just get carved up okay so i was gonna say maybe your question is quicker i was gonna say walk us through one of the meetings we're gonna have tomorrow or something sure. like that we're gonna meet with a staffer we're gonna meet with a uh, a senator representative sure. or anything like what's gonna happen can you kind of prepare us sure you're gonna meet with um members and then as well as I think most of the meetings are either with chiefs or LDs, which are higher level staffers, right? Which are folks who've been around. They've got some seasoning. They've got some SWAT. They've got some pull. Um, that's that's important because they're the ones who really drive kind of the policy of, of the members. Um, so, you you know, walk in, do the pleasantries, um, tell folks kind of where you're from and, and let it go from there. Um, you it's it's a small world, I think, is one of the, the key themes. You'd be surprised at you very well may know someone who knows them. And it, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of a, it really is kind of a small world. Um, you know, especially folks from, you know, from the home state, uh, from Oklahoma or from New Jersey. Um, and, and then just kind of walk them through the issues and walk them to the importing industry and also walk them through what you guys do. You know, what you guys do is so critical in terms of getting out information and also shining a light on what's good, but also what may not be good. And that, you know, I think one of the key things that, they get from us is they see that the folks that show up to this thing, they're rule followers. They're folks that, you know, they're folks that go, look, we understand. We want, we want there to be an FDA. You know, I think we, what we effectively said is we want there to be a strong FDA. We want there to be an FDA that appreciates the commodity that mm -hmm. does their job. We don't want there to be an FDA that mucks around with things that really are kind of, you go, this is in the diet. Like, where's the fire, right? Like there are real problems out there. We want them focused on real problems. And I think that's, you know, the gist of the conversation, um, to the extent, you know, staff wants to go deeper on issues, um, they will. And, and it's, um, you know, and the best part is we've got, I think about 75 chiefs committed to coming to chiefs of staff committed to coming to the event after. And that's really, you know, that's where they really get to talk to you, right? Like, I mean, we'll have some of these there, they can mix with their favorite, uh, spirit, you know, and, uh, <laughs> not that we're advocating that, not that we're advocating yeah, it, but, but, the C4 yeah, smart but, energy. <laughs> but, um, but, but you get my point. I mean, they get to, you know, th that's the other side of it is it's still, you're going to find some staff that, that work out. You're going to find some members. I mean, mm -hmm. when we go see Mark Wayne, Mark yeah. Wayne was a, you know, he's a professional fighter, so he certainly knows, you know, he knows his way around the whey protein. And, you know, I mean, it's so it, it, that's um, I think it's it's introducing that part of the industry, too, because I think what they hear and what they see in the papers sometimes is 
you're not regulated. And so just being able to dispel, if nothing else, you walk out of them going, oh, yeah, that's great. I didn't know that FDA did that. That's a major victory, right? Ooh, okay. Gotcha. Major victory. Nice. So, Exciting. yeah. Yeah. No. So, now have you, so you have a lot of people coming and visiting everything, and we're going to see them tonight and everything. Yep. Have you set up schedules for everyone? Is that you personally, or like do you have a whole team? Of <laughs> not not like me personally. Um, Kyle, who heads up our government affairs, you have spoken with Kyle. Uh, he's He's been great. Uh, this is, uh, in a lot of ways, his baby. Um, you know, um, now, if it, if, it, if it goes well, he gets all the credit. If it goes if it goes poorly, then I get all the blame. No, but um, <laughs> no, it, it's going to go very well. Uh, yeah, he's been set up schedules. We generally do, and you guys will be. We've got a few other meetings for you guys, but generally, at least the baseline is you meet with both senators' offices and um, the rep. So, but we've got some extra because you know you guys are. Uh, I think you guys have a unique perspective on this. Um, we appreciate it. No, oh. and camera friendly. Are we going to be able to get some B roll in here? Or like staff's right? a little tough. I, I, I think I think walk in the halls we can. I think in the meetings it's going to be a little tougher. I think right. pictures and things like that definitely. Um, yeah, the, the the staff are always very camera like. They're like. And rightfully so. Like their their oh, whole yeah. job is protect, you know, because yeah. God forbid, you know, he's having a bad day and said something and it's like it's the age we live in. Right, right, right. You right. cannot I, slip. Yeah, um, can't unless slip. you're Trump and you can just, it bounces right <laughs> off you. Like, yeah, this stuff will. <laughs> but definitely, you know, pictures, uh, definitely walk in the halls. Um, you know, if you see someone out of an office, certainly, you know, hey, ask them if they take a supplement. You know, I, I mean, it's it's one of the, it's one of kind of the easy icebreakers. We do a training in the morning, which is great. It's headed by one of our outside contractors, a guy named Frank McCarthy, who is, Frank's actually, actually most of his clients are labor like AFL-CIO, and we're his kind of outlier client, but he likes working with us. He likes the issues. Um, but he's, you know, when he goes to offices, and he, he'll, he'll admit it, he's not as knowledgeable as anyone here on the issue. The first thing he says, he asks them what supplements they take. And he goes, that just kicks down the door, right? Like, you know. Easy. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's a good way to get it started. And, uh, yeah, I think just hearing from us and seeing folks, um, for better or worse, they see me and Kyle all the time. Probably tired of looking at me. <laughs> right. So, so obviously these. This is the federal government. Mm -hmm. We uh, we have a lot of states issues yeah. happening as well. Yep. Ben was involved in New Jersey yeah. and everything. Yeah. Uh, they're going to quote unquote care about what's happening in their state, but they don't really have that much. Do they, I mean, do they have power or do they have like sway in? Yes. How does, how does it work between the states and the the federal guys? Great question. Directly, sometimes, usually not directly. Right. Indirectly, over fifty percent of the members of Congress now once served in a state house. Right. So there's still a lot of, hey, what are you doing back home? Mm -hmm. We've we've had we've had some opportunities where we've had folks write letters where it's like, you know, you get the New York delegation to write a letter to the state of New York. That's a big deal. So that's something we're certainly looking at. But, you know, the bad ideas, um, you know, they, we've got to cover them on both ends, right? So like we got it when we're here, we have to kind of Tell them about the virtues of the industry, but also at the state level. Uh, we'll be doing more of the state stuff, too. Um, you know, I don't think we have any major issues in Oklahoma, but cer certainly up and down the East Coast, um, you know, we may be knocking, knocking on your door. Because I think, you know, in, in really sports nutrition, performance is, is front and center um, for the states. Um, but tell, I, I think tell them about that. I think tell them, hey, look, this is, you know, especially, you know, you're going to run into folks who, you know, the younger staffers tend to have just graduated college. The older staffers, maybe south of 30, um, still fairly active, uh, probably, you know, our, our users, right? They probably know C4. Right, they probably know right. Ghost right. So, yeah. so I think they'd be shocked somewhat to hear what's going on at state level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something that I, I 
when I went to that Triton day, like I walked into there kind of, um, I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm 30. I'm, I grew up through a couple of interesting eras of presidents and politics. And I didn't really feel like I could make much of a difference. And watching Kyle just like not actually talk to people that you used to talk with. Yeah. And then he started to realize spout you know, in a lot of ways. And then we sat in front of that um, council. Yeah, the day. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 uh, the committee. Yeah. yeah, the committee can. And watch uh, Kyle's One Connection ask questions yeah. of the people who are past this thing, banning something with utterance. Asking like, my child is at college and they want to buy vitamin C because they're going down with the flu. Do can they go into a store? And the answer was no, you have to ship it to them. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. So like to which we literally laughed audibly in the like in the room because yeah. it was preposterous that you started to realize how little these people do. Right. But uh, like like it was clear that they had considered like, oh, uh, you know what? Maybe a seventeen year old kid like you buy are yeah. more positive. A reason mm-hmm. maybe we've lived a couple of last years realizing this right oh this one made a mistake you know like, right that it almost like made the whole thing okay to me because it showed me that i have the opportunity to go into this yeah. house and say hey have you considered this thing because you're probably talking on 75 other issues today maybe they didn't consider this this issue right and so we as an industry get to step in and say hey this is our specialty do you consider these other things and maybe be able to change that process. Well, and even more than that, like with the example you brought up, okay, so Kyle Kyle used to work in the New Jersey State Senate, and he kind of knew what was going on and was able to work with that member he worked with and craft questions. You better believe that the other side, the striped people who want to see our industry just go away, they were working with the people they knew to craft questions against us, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, the, that's the, the side no one sees is like, if we're not here, you better believe the people who are against us are here and uh-huh. going, hey, go get those guys. Yeah. And it's like, it's, I mean, that's the thing. And so it's it's a tough way to think, but it's the reality. Mm-hmm. You know? We're using th- talking points like, uh, you know, say uh, eating disorders and fappers were late. Yeah. To which you guys literally had a FOIA report showing there had never been an adverse reaction in the history of the FDA. You could like eating disorders and fappers. Yeah. You know, I like, like, I, I, we're talking about like muscle builders. Yeah, I, I, we're sitting next to that creatine again. Yeah, <laughs> that creatine yeah. again. I felt so awkward sitting down as like this at the time. I was like two sixty. <laughs> sitting down next to people like creatine is completely safe. Like, just, it is preposterous. If you ask anyone in our industry, creatine safe. Like we all we all know it is. We're like I, I have to be the one to march in there with a beard, bald, well, and tell everyone that right. We take we take and and that's the other thing is we take it for granted. But but the fact that you know and we go wait a second nobody looked up that. 300 plus safety studies on creatine and like you know it's and you're kind of like you're left with your jaw open but that's kind of the reality right if somebody somebody from harvard stripe came down and talked to some 22 year old staffer and said hey you know that creatine boy you know it's it's like you expect the morgan freeman movie voice the third largest killer of children in this country is creatine, right? Like, you know, like right? So someone came in with that. Could you know? it be as simple as the, the nerds hate the jocks? And I straddle both, obviously, more nerd than jock. Yeah, <laughs> yes and no. But right, like we're so technocratic now. Like, but there's so many people that still don't do their research, right? Because mm-hmm. if you do your research, especially on something like creatine, you go, like, right. Uh, it's just you kind of shake your head, and they're like, "Well, you guys just see it that way." And it's like, "Well, no, it's what the numbers are." But you got to be there to tell them, right? Like that's the other thing. If you don't show up, they win. Do you mean the same conversation with shit? Captain Saturday is over to NPL. Sure. So NPL happened, um, and all of a sudden, you know, we we published this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Split the industry. Everyone's on 
different fights and teams. Well, it wasn't that big a split. I think most of the sides were, yeah, yeah, yeah. get well, it out of here. Yeah, yeah. You were in listed out of stood. Yeah. Well, there were some people who were just so like set fast, like, you know, it's going to be fine. It's going to help us. It's going to weed out uh, yeah. bad doers. Uh, so many different things. We haven't talked about MPL. Yeah. How busy it's on her. Yeah. But like, is there a status for that? Is We've never even defined MBL. Yeah, mandatory product listing. Uh, it was going to give FDA a public-facing database, and I don't know why it had to be public. It that uh, was, you know, you had to register your product, and you know, they said it wasn't pre-market approval, but then they didn't say, well, they weren't going to decide what gets on the list and doesn't. So it's like, well, how's that not pre-market approval if platforms are going to set their shelves based on it? Because right, no one's going to go. The insurance company's going to go. Okay, make sure you use FDA's guidance on this to set your shelves, and if you're not on the list, you're not on shelves. Sounds like pre-market approval to me, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's kind of going away. It's still lurking in the background. There's still the proponents of it. They're really ego tied to it because I think like what we all said and all went through is like, it can't work. Like you either have FDA as the gatekeeper or you have everything on there. What's the benefit of either, right? Like it's worse if FDA is the gatekeeper because then the NMN argument, uh, NAC, CBD, Bye-bye, right? Like, just yeah. gone without even FDA having to go there on safe. You know, they just go, we don't want to list it. My biggest concern was the ambiguity of the uh, whole thing. Like, right. uh, if we can have a very clearly defined uh, set of rules, might be noticed to share it, but if we can have a clearly set of defined rules with this, like, approval process yeah. and there was enough workforce where it would work, I might listen to it because it would clear out the, as the big smoky dot is all the people that already ignore all of the walls. It could right. it, possibly, potentially. I think the bigger, but see, I think that should be behind the scenes because to, for me, what's the point of being public facing? All that's going to do is in the States, some plaintiff's attorney is going to take the list. Mm -hmm. They're going to go in a vitamin shop. And if there's a product on the shelf in vitamin shop that isn't on the list for whatever reason, right? Like maybe it's a different size and FDA forgot to upload it, right? Maybe it's a 24 count and not a 48 count, different flavor like we talked about. And they're going to go, oh, not on the list. Based on our consumer protection stat, you know, that's fraud and we're suing you. And you go, like, how is that benefiting anybody, I right? It's like my point is that like, because it's what you said, but what you have always been saying, it's like there already are regulations yeah. in place. Like if we could just enforce those, it would work very similarly to this because you well, have clearly defined things to get. I, I would change a word in that. They can enforce those. They won't, right? Like, right. It, that's yeah, the issue, sure. right? It's a willpower issue, right? Yeah. It's not about, like the tools are there, right? Um, they really are. The tools are there. A lot can be done. They just have to do it. Right. And, and there are targets. And just it, what would happen? All right, let, let's imagine an alternative universe where what would happen if FDA just hit those targets, the SARMs, the people, you know, selling, you know, Viagra. Yeah. Fenibut, right? <laughs> like, you know, um, what would happen? Then, then, oh, wow. Then the industry's regulated, right? Yeah. Oh, well, okay, yep, no more news story. I mean, you know, and not to get too black uh, helicopter uh, yeah, tinfoil hat. I, I, but... I know where you're going with this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, but right? So, it, yeah, it, the, the perception that supplements are unregulated is a perception that is potentially beneficial for some people yeah. to perpetuate. I think it is. I really Interesting. do. I really uh, do. My concern about this, the industry splitting, was that we had uh, a decent amount of good doer on our side about mm -hmm. this, but a decent amount of large brand band of following and engaged it that could have really per, like participated in the grassroots just not even open their minds that are coming to watch it.
Right, right. Which is, well, and this time it was MPL, which, you know, I'm not going to say it was an easy fight because it wasn't. I mean, we fought like hell and we did some good things. And so did, so did a lot of other groups. They deserve credit too. Um, but, you know, someone's going to get smart at some point and do it very, I mean, you. this NMN thing is like, I really see this as an existential crisis. And the issue on 201 is going to be that the drug exclusion criteria is really, you know, why are people screwing with MPL when the drug exclusion criteria, that's our future, right? Like we have, unless that gets resolved on some level and there's some sort of rational thinking, we're, you, we're really going to have a, an industry with no new products. Like we're just going to be multivitamins, whey protein, mm -hmm. like, okay, minerals. Like that's... Uh, so the uh, support on that is you're basically waiting to see this. Yeah, and FDA has been very cautious. I will say this. FDA, they tripped some wires on NAC that they haven't tripped here, right? Like they submitted some documents into court, uh, Department of Justice signed documents that they believe it was a drug and didn't fit in the supplement category that we were able to, you know, punch through and get get standing quicker. Um, certificates of free sale, they were denying left and right. I'm guessing there's a stack of NMN certificates of free sale that are like, do not touch until September 6th over there because we haven't seen any denials. We haven't seen anything like that that could give us standing that they're, they're going above and beyond. So... They don't want it to be a final agency action, mm -hmm. so those would probably constitute a final agency action. So they're being careful. I think, I don't think they saw the lawsuit coming on NAC. Now I think they're, you know, they put their hand on the stove and they don't want to get burned again. Wow. Okay. So that, this is going to take some some more time though. Things happen slowly, is what we yeah. like. Well, it, it, relatively speaking, yeah. But but okay, if we tried to fix NAC legislatively, I mean. Forget it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, look at what CBD. All these guys are out there on CBD. We're going to fix it legislatively. Oh, the next farm bill. Oh, just like the last farm I bill. I was going to get into <laughs> CBD next yeah. because you mentioned um, FDA having the tools. FDA stated that they don't have the tools. Do we want to move into, into CBD at this Let's point? Let's go for is it. This yeah. a, is this a top priority this week? Yeah, yeah. It's another one of our leave behinds because once they said – you know, they they did their whole press release. I think it was like the 25th of January, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they're like, oh, tools don't work wait, have you even used them? No, but they don't work. And it's like, okay. So now they're fleshing this out a little bit more. I don't know if you guys were on their, their seance last week or two weeks ago where they said why it won't work. And they said, well, they can't, under current authorities, they can't establish product standards. It's like, well, wait a second, we have GMPs. They can't establish dosage levels. Well, wait a second, you do that through the NDI. Part of the NDI requirement is, you know, uh, requirement three on the NDI is name of the product and amount per serving. Okay. Uh, and basis for what it's, you know, how it's safe. Um, okay. Labeling. It's like, we got more labeling laws than every country around the planet. So I don't see how it can't be labeled, right? Like food labeling is like, it's like three chapters of the CFR. It's big. Um, okay. Um, can't control contaminants. We have GMPs for that again. And so, and then they go this whole, well, we need a whole new product center. And they're like, ah, of course, the old government empire build, right? And, and, and you go, well, wait a second. You've said you can't do this on a product-by-product product basis for regulatory categories, right? You can't do it under the NDI process. You can't do it on the grass process. So you're going to combine everything, inhalable products, pet products, topical products, with food products, and that's going to make the process easier? You go, yeah, this sounds like, you I know. How, yeah, devil's advocate just for one second. We've already talked about on Sorry, all yeah. what makes that to itself. CBD, like, by definition, has, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, so what's the standpoint on that? Because the standpoint is the secretary, you have about 2,000 products out there in the market already, right? Just thinking in terms of public health, 
what would be more beneficial to those people? And I think the for, I think Forbes did a study 2020 that 60% of the country has tried a, an ingestible CBD product. So what would be more beneficial public health-wise? That you set up a daily level for those products and you come up with some sort of enforcement discretion, which you can do. You can write a reg relaxing the, the drug exclusion. Um, those products are already in the market. The horse has already left the barn. So if you really want to help people out and control risk, why not set a level? Why not inspect facilities and test products so they aren't, you know, loaded with THC? Or do we just keep doing nothing and hope it goes away? Like, it's pretty, you know, yeah. it's pretty straightforward where the solution is. Um, yeah, the company has IP rights and everything else. I think where the difference is in this maybe versus some other issues in drug exclusion is, well, the dosage is completely different. I mean, the dosage of um, Epidiolex is 10 milligrams per kilo, which works out to about, you know, in kids, it's it's about, you know, 350 milligrams in adults. It's almost a, it's almost a gram, wow, right? Okay. Um, so that's what you see. You know, most of the products you see, yeah, are, are 50 milligrams, 100 milligrams, things like that. Um, Even right that there, there, there's parallels. Right. Niacin, right? Niacin. Um, L-Dopa, another one, right? Like supplements you see, 100 milligrams. I think the drug doses start at 250 milligrams. Other, other, yeah, other. Just to be clear, yeah. you're arguing this from an ethical standpoint. Well, public health too, though. Yeah. Is, is there a clause in there that says, uh, and I need to be, uh, and I hard to eat those. But like, is there a clause or any sort of rule that says like, yes, dietary supplement, here's the exclusion for a drug. But if there's public safety concerns or, you know, if, if it's already out there, and not given the ASV up there, this is just basically an ethical. It's common. I think it's common sense. I mean, I think it's like, look, they've got that. You know, one thing we've learned through this whole CBD endeavor is there's one part of the law FDA is never going to use. They are never going to write a reg saying, hey, it was a drug first, now it can be a supplement. They will, they have made that clear, right? Like they are. <laughs> Uh, yes and no. I mean, I think the angle is getting Congress to use it, forcing them to use it, or suing them. I mean, I really and I think the quicker relief is suing them. I honestly do. I think on CBD, that's the look. You've had people submit. We submitted citizens' petitions, so technically we have, and we got final agents. Agencies like, nope, not going to do it. Okay, somebody. And if I was in the hemp industry and ran a hemp company, I'd be like, let's do this. There's no reason not to. Well, they're already making money, though. Do you think maybe they can make more? Or? I think they're hurting. I think most of the CBD brands are really hurting right now. Are you, right, right yeah. Now there's been a few articles that have yeah. the CBD industry is down. And, and if you look because at the ones... regulatory? Yeah, because oh, yeah, okay, really? they don't have a stable market. You look at the ones mm -hmm. who didn't take money now here's the here's where let's get this let's get our tinfoil hats on again um there's a lot that that took a stake from tobacco oh okay yep, yep right sure. mm -hmm. so sure. so let's think about this fda says we want a new center with rules like tobacco i see pretty great if you're yeah. right? okay. pretty great if, if you're already playing by the rules of tobacco and you're yeah. a tobacco company with cbd and you I go also, let's grow i also do think the cbd creates has uh loved i and i'm not as i think that's CBD fair. is not good I, I i think it's i think it's great for many people in the right cases but uh i also think we saw like an unstated peak right I mean, everyone was using it forever sure how like how many some cbd we, we were using these the difference between ice lift and bull spectrum right. and what was actually being right manufactured. And, like like 2020 is crazy i think we've just kind of looked out mm -hmm. and then obviously in supply chain well supply right. chain but but i mean look at basic macroeconomics 2018 2019 peak of the market cbd was four thousand dollars a kilo 
now it's probably less than 100. I mean, the, the price per kilo of CBD got so bad that people on the farm said, we need to cook this, put an acid in, and turn it to Delta 8. Like, literally, FDA created the Delta 8 market, right? <laughs> by, by not regulating CBD, yeah. right? And, and if people <laughs> want to learn more about that, go to our CBD MD podcast. It's a little swift. Yeah. Uh, they, they, we went in on, I don't think on that yeah. one, that, that yeah. awesome, awesome thing to, to bring. Yeah. So Dan, if I get my magic wand back out, you're back at FDA. What do you, what do you do about CBD to make more for first off public health, but also make enough interested parties happy? I mean, I think the only way to do it is use the pathways, right? Is set a, set a top dose, set a level top dosage wise. For um, dietary supplements. For dietary and for foods too. Because I think FDA's got a, this other argument too, I forgot to mention, where they're going, well, we're concerned that foods with CBD, like there's the beverages, I think like recess, the people, you know, people just treat it like a regular beverage and will overeat or overuse it. And it's like, oh, well, now do high fructose corn syrup. Right. Like, like, you know, that's not their role. Right. People want to people want to do the Tide Pod challenge. I've yet to see, I've yet to see FDA write a rag cinnamon challenge, Tide Pod challenge. People abuse products. That's technically not FDA's jurisdiction. Right. If there's right. instruction. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, if you pull parallels from FDA's um, caffeine, uh, thing, which are trying to sift they are not supposed to be uh, taking like willpower into consideration like they they're regulating service right, right. right. and she used she used to get mad at me on that because i was on the other side i was on this side and she would say well all the products need to be taken away i'd be like not the ones with clear instructions and clear ways to differentiate serving size right so because that's a letter of the law if if some kid unfortunately says hey a 14th of a teaspoon of caffeine is great let me do a hundred of those they shouldn't be doing that but if the instructions are clear and someone's going to go above and beyond that. That's a tough one yeah. because I could have, I don't know. I don't want a lot of regulations either, but I could have a tub of creatine sitting right next to a tub of caffeine that the powders look exactly the same from an untrained eye sure. or whatever. I mean, I'm dead. I, I get it. that. But at the same time, it's like, look, there's, you know, there's got to be, at what point does the government become the nanny state? Right. right? right at what point? Yeah. And it's like, if That's you buy the product. Tough. Yeah. And also look, I'm not buying pure powdered caffeine, right? That's no, not how I get it. If someone's doing that, then they need to take the precautions. Right. Um, but with that said, like that's their other argument on CBD is that, well, people are just going to, they're going to eat the whole bag of CBD cookies and then they're going to have a problem. And it's like, okay, <laughs> like let's get back to like reality here. Um, you know, and, and I think we've seen that with caffeine, right? Like even with caffeine, once it's in a product, you know, if they were selling a pure CBD, okay, fine. But it's like, you're going to drink what, 10 of those in one sitting? probably not you know um so yeah it, it magic wands set a level um start inspecting start looking at who's out there and what they're doing right like that's the that's the gold is if you if you say hey we went to this manufacturing facility and people really like that product yeah because it's literally 50 percent thc <laughs> um yeah of course they like that product right yeah. <laughs> right so their biggest adverse event is pizza ordering you know so at some point like naturally derived cbd um maybe from a full spectrum or not, like if you have so, so much CBD, hundred milligrams, whatever it is, yeah. that's a dietary supplement, but you would still allow for a drug as a CBD isolate at sure. higher doses. Yeah. Though, yeah. Right? yeah. You don't, you're not, you don't mess with the pharma IP, but mm -hmm. I think just in terms of public health and safety with all the products that are out there, FDA is never going to be able to, okay. Knowing what we know about FDA, they're going to go send 2000 warning letters tomorrow. And then they're going to follow up with each facility and go do seizures, injunctions, things like that. Mm. No, right. <laughs> right, right. So 
where do you actually benefit the public, right? People want the product. People want to use it. So let's give them a platform, a safe platform to use it. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the drugs, we're not talking about, I have yet to see a CBD product and maybe they're out there, but at least in the stores I've been to, I've never seen anyone claim for child seizure disorder. I've never seen any, you know, any claims like that. The claims are all sleep, um, you know, uh, recovery related things like that. Um, so, uh, to, to the extent it's a different indication, it's a different indication too. Yeah. So, um, you know, and it was a breakthrough medically for the kids who had seizure disorder to be able to use CBD, right? Yeah. They had to use really bad drugs before dilant and things that were really harsh. Yeah. So that's great. We're not trying to take that away, but why should somebody who it benefits for their sleep have to go, Oh, I can't use it because the pharma IP forever and ever and ever. And why should I not have products that are made with GMP? Is this a big thing in like Kentucky or the, well, I don't even know where all yeah. that has grown. That's yeah. Kentucky, North Carolina, Oregon. Um, you know, there were programs where this, the state said, Hey, rip up your tobacco fields and plant hemp and there'll be a market for it. And they're going five years out. They're going, what the hell did I do that for? You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think like the, honestly, I, I don't know if there's really anywhere else with the conversations you have, I think specifically, but like, I, I think we get into this this week. I think we're ready to follow up with this too. Right. Yeah. And I think, yeah, we're, if you're listening to this, follow us on, find our videos and stuff, the show notes, cause we're gonna have to post in like whatever video clips we can get in and pictures and everything. We'll do a lot of pictures and yeah. everything. This is going to be, you guys I, are gonna I, have mean, fun. Excited. I mean, overall, like I, I have to look at it from price well running you know we we are tech business that turned into a we are media business right and so looking at it from a point of view of we have three guys out here uh i funded this trip and everything or we we funded this yeah. trip we are not doing other work that brings us in revenue right. so like right. why should price Bob be here well you know just like you said it's not directly is it bringing your revenue no but if nmn disappears um and everyone you know who's selling nmn disappears mm -hmm smaller pool right mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and i think those are the realities right is is people always go hey um well, why go to washington this is politics nothing gets done and it's it, sure i can appreciate all that sentiment mm -hmm. at the same time what does happen here in plant in in handfuls are adverse consequences right is unintended consequences mm -hmm. especially and the only way you get in front of it unintended consequences by showing up mm -hmm. right it's like you've got to, you know you, you walk it, it's it's literally the equivalent this may be oversimplifying it but you know, you, you put the kettle on the stove and you sit there and watch it never boils over. But the second you walk away, that damn thing boils yeah, over. Course. That's true. <laughs> and that's, and that's, really, that's really a big mm -hmm. part of it. And we're seeing, we've got FDA who I would say isn't even, is a conscious opponent at this point, right? We have an FDA that's a conscious opponent to the industry and not having, Congress is one control we have over them. Another one is the courts. Um, and unless people are just going to start filing lawsuits, which those get expensive fast, so I'm not betting on that this is the way we can keep some tabs on FDA. And there's even talks about, I mean, you've seen some of the rhetoric about move, getting the F out of FDA, right? Like moving FDA out of FDA, because people are like, all they care about are drugs. So can't we get a new start, a fresh start? Interesting concept. I don't know the likelihood of it happening, but it's certainly something where you'll hear people talking about that tomorrow. And so it's good to be part of that conversation, right? Because mm -hmm. they may go, okay, Mike, Ben, you guys, what do you think? Yeah. Like, would that be good for you guys? It's like, yeah, it could be, you know, mm -hmm. so um, and the relationships are important, right? Because here's the thing is you guys aren't going away tomorrow in this business. Um, some of these same folks who have stepped up for the industry and some of the same folks who have stepped against the industry. Um, it's better that they know who the heck we are than not. Right. It's right. a lot tougher to go. 
if you know someone, it's a lot tougher to try to gore their ox, so to speak. I think if, you know, if you see what they're about, um, it's not perfect. It's not a, it's not a dollar for dollar trade. Um, but you know, it's gotta be done because like I said, sure, you can go to a trade show, you can go to another event where you will find the newest, latest, greatest product, increase your bottom line by 40, 50%. Great. The government, if they want to, they can pretty much end our business in a day. And I, that sounds like, oh, that's over complicated, over simplifying it. Yeah. MPL would have cost us out of the gate $25 million. That's $25 million that wouldn't go to sponsorships, that wouldn't go to events, that wouldn't go to, you know, and you go, wouldn't go to product development. Okay. So that's another regulatory cost, $25 million every year. You go stifles innovation, stifles outreach, stifles all the things that do make us money. And so that's why we got to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, um, you asked that question, like, why come here? For me, uh, I could very often when we stand up for things, I think, like, if not us who. Yeah, oh, amen. Because well said. Uh, most, this is not sexy to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, Say we think it is, though. I love talking <laughs> about this stuff, dude. I'm actually about this, but like, I, like, very, very straight up, like, Nick Sell is not going to post this on his rise TikTok. <laughs> no, and that's fair. And I get that some people don't like it because, you know, here's the other thing is in some ways, I think some people think it takes attention away from them, which is like, that's the wrong way to think about it. This is one. Here's the other reason. Is this one of the coolest things in the industry you can do? Because everything else we do in the industry is very, I don't want to say it's very cellular, but it is. You're going to be up on the hill tomorrow with other folks in this industry who believe in it enough to come here and say, hey, you know what? We deserve the same attention, the same fair shake by government as every other industry. Mm-hmm. And working together with folks in that vein, you're building something. You're not just like, hey, uh, hey, let's just go and talk. And everyone's got their clicks. Everyone's got their own things they like. And that's fine. It's human nature. Mm-hmm. Right? But this is like, this is actually, people talk about the greater good way too much. This is actually, you're working together for the greater good, yeah. right? I, like very, very seriously, uh, you know, every other day of year, uh, people are uh, bidding for clicks online. They're making yeah. videos about each other's products. So you, yeah. you're always fighting. But they're very, <laughs> you're like, well, they, they have all that infighting. But the fact of the matter is that we are fighting larger industries that are, mm-hmm. whether it's just oxygen of the road right. or very seriously like ink partners who think what products would be yeah. best to have. Um, and that fight is much greater than that. that yeah. So, Amen. I, I think media over the next few years becomes more serious. We may see those people stepping up, but until then, the people that are not worried about all that competition, like I very, not unfortunately, I'm happy this, but it's us. Mm-hmm. So for me, nice. yeah. like I, I think that if we stand up, I think a lot of people are going to follow that yeah. charge. You guys have a huge following, and you guys, you know. Y- in some ways, what you do is you guys put people, you put people to a vote, you know, not to make it too political, but you do. And it's like, hey, where, where are you going to show? Like, where, like, great, you can show up at this party, you can show up at this event, you can show, you're one of the cool kids. But if you don't, ultimately, if it's not your core belief to fight for the industry, it's not that cool. Yeah. You know, and I think at the end of the day, it's got to come back to that. And it is bigger. You know, yeah, we can, we can all go back on Thursday to fighting with each other and saying our product's better, our facility's better, everything else. But like, hey, there are some real threats. I mean, you look at the states, we've got, you know, we got California at it again. New York just passed. We've got to pray for a veto again. This isn't going away. Mm-hmm. And especially on the state issue, which is going to bubble up. Like I said, if 50% of these guys start at the states, these folks are going to be up here pretty soon, right? Gotcha. And so they go, hey, we just put a, put a major hit on, you know, uh, performance in the states. Let's go try it. Let's go try it in D.C. Yep. 
And I, I, I seriously feel that if a couple of these start leaking through, they'll feel way more confident. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, just happening to be at some of these things starts to put press brakes on some of these yeah. things. Mm -hmm. And we start being loud about it. I mean, when we started going to see that, that Jersey thing, it was like, that's actually scary. Mm -hmm. People got into yeah, yeah. Problem, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think just be that example, like sorry to be that hard because right. And, and you remember the stuff with the gyms in New Jersey during COVID, where it's like it, it's 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 the same, right? It's like hey, you know, gym owners are the same way, right? One gym owner hates you, oh that gym sucks, right? Like, but hey, at that point, it's like they're after us, right? And and that's the thing. It's uh, what's what's the quote about? It's not paranoia if they're really out to get you. I mean, there are people that are out to get us, and, and not. Not realizing that. I'm not saying every brand has to live out there in a state of paranoia. That's what their trade association is for. But, you know, one day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're look, D.C. D.C. produces nothing. Paper and lawsuits and fights. Right. Like that's what happens here. Um, it is Hollywood for ugly people. I mean, honestly, it's just like there's drama over things. You go, people are arguing over what? Right. Um, but that's, you know. That's government, right? For better or worse, and most of the time it's worse. But you've got to have, you can't, you know, the whole reason for associations and, and for getting involved politically is you got to have a voice here constantly. You guys have more important work to do every day, um, you know, and the brands do, and everyone else does, and, and we're here, kind of, you know, slugging it out for, you know, the little the little stuff matters. It adds up. And if we don't have that, um, you know, it's hard to start from zero in this town. It's real hard to start from zero. Well, we'll have everything linked up below. This video will probably be published after watching the content from this trip is set up because we'll live during them. But I'm sure we'll have a follow-up. We'll have more time with the MPA. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to come back and talk about NAC with Kevin at some point. Yeah, well, for sure. That, dude, dude, that could be NSC like we don't. Yeah, we don't need to have like one episode per week wow. or whatever, dude. Let's blast them in. I, I mean, when we have, I, it, like, you, you talk about showing up and thinking in my head, like we're leveling up, leveling up by showing up and everything. But part of part of leveling up is getting on the experts onto this podcast, and we have the guy who actually sued the federal government over this ingredient that I find incredibly important, NAC. Yeah. We've got to talk about that. So yeah. that is definitely a follow-up episode with him. Yeah. Also, uh, so, Dad, thank you so much. I know that you have a lot of people in town and everything, and you have taken a lot of time to talk to us specifically. So we're going to head over to the hotel at some point. But Yeah, yeah. Well, just like quickly, please just define NPA at NPA National Open Instagram. NPAnational.org, yep. Is there an easy link to put into the internet browser to get to this kind of stuff, like the grassroots or anything? Uh, if you just go to NPA National, there's a button that uh, says Take Action, and you just hit the Take Action button, and then you it takes 30 seconds, right? 30 seconds. It's a form letter. If you want to make changes to it, you can. We're, we're not, uh, we're not uh, you know, dictators here. Benevolent, anyway. Um, but, yeah, you can change it. And you tell them, you know, you can even tell them, hey, I own this business, and, and this is my brand, and this is my story. Um, and it helps. Our systems get through firewalls, everything like that. We aren't a consumer group, um, and we partner with the consumer groups often, like uh, Alliance for Natural Health. They're great. Um, but we've got a great following, and folks are, um, you know, folks are... It's funny when, especially with MPL, and there's a threat of things being taken away, folks are really motivated. I think on NMN, we're seeing the same thing as folks are like, hey, enough is enough. You know, um, we've been one of the things we'll work on tomorrow is trying to get uh, HSA, FSA coverage for supplements, which is great, right? Mm. People don't get excited for that, though, and they should, right, right. but as they do for, hey, you're taking something away, mm -hmm. you know? But uh, we want to play some offense, too, not defense all the time. So, they can find you. 
Uh, there, I, I think that's pretty much everything we need to close this out. Yeah, and, and we'll on the show notes, we'll post your uh, LinkedIn because you're pretty thanks. active there, too. Yes, thanks, guys. I really can't thank you guys enough. Thank you so much. Mike, thanks. Thank ben, you so much. Thank you. Yeah.